Blog Talk Radio. It's got to be an incompletion for a first down. They're going to hand it. No. Van Dyke batted in the air. And is it intercepted? It is. Cedric Gray, I think, has intercepted it. And then watch the play. Jeremiah Kimmel, the other guy who's had a fantastic game. That ball bounces over and over. It's not caught at first, but Cedric Gray comes up with the catch. Javari Ritzy had it dead to rights, Roddy. Until he didn't. But Cedric, but Cedric Gray comes up with it. That's what happens when you get bodies around the football. No, we can hear you. Fire Blake James. Fire Blake James, Gary. He's sabotaging your show. He's trying to silence you. He knows his days are done. Doesn't want the truth to come out. All right, I'm going to take over the show tonight. Wasn't my desire to do so, but... This has been thrusted upon me since I've been unmuted. Let's talk a little bit about how horrible the job Blake James has done. Everybody knows that. But what's going to happen? 
in the next coming days. Gary says that uh, it's not time to fire Manny Diaz. I think I think Gary's a little a little bit over his skis right now. I think if you look at what LSU did, that's kind of the model that Miami should be looking at right now. Everybody knows that Manny's days are done. Let the guy go out with a little bit of dignity. That's fine. All right, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, sorry about that, man. I don't know what's going on with the system tonight. It's been a a mess so far, but uh, I think i got a workaround going here. So, uh, anyway, um, I'm assuming you guys heard nothing (laughs) to this point. Zero. Zero, okay. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to start the show over again right this minute, and then we'll – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get back to you in a second. All right. So I just, just want to uh, start from the top. Sorry about this, everybody. It's uh, the wonders of modern technology, but let's, uh, let's begin over again. It's got to be an incompletion for a first down. They're going to hand it. No, Van Dyke batted in the air. And is it intercepted? It is. Cedric Gray, I think, has intercepted it. And then watch the play. Jeremiah Kimmel, the other guy who's had a fantastic game. That ball bounces over and over. It's not caught at first, but Cedric Gray comes up with the catch. Javari Ritzy had it dead to rights, Roddy. Until he didn't. But Cedric, but Cedric Gray comes up with it. That's what happens when you get bodies around the football. Drama. There was drama once more Saturday in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 17 seconds to play. 16 seconds. Ball gets. It was third and four. The call was a basic RPO. Tyler Van Dyke fakes the handoff to Jalen Mike. Mike Harley explodes off the line of scrimmage and runs towards the right corner of the end zone. Halston Rambo, also lined up on the right side of the field with Harley, runs a slant route underneath Harley's cut and appears to be breaking open across the middle. But then everything went astray for the Miami Hurricanes. The ball got batted at the line of scrimmage. It was intercepted. The game was over. The game had lost again. There was one more thing that I noticed as I rewound the tape over and over again and tried to reconcile the ending. Had the ball reached Rambo, the safety was coming up and would have likely have made the play at the point. It would have been a first down with 10 seconds left. Miami would have scrambled to the line, snapped the ball and spiked it, and would have attempted a game-tying field goal. You have to applaud the decision to try to win the game, particularly after the way things went against Virginia when the decision was the opposite. But at the same time, as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live tonight, you certainly can debate the play call as an example of the little things adding up to losing for the Hurricanes these days. If you were going to throw the ball in that point of the game, didn't the pass have to go to the end zone? 
can't argue trying to win it in regulation, but the pass had to go to the end zone. There had to be a play designed for the ball to go to the end zone. So it's an example of just all these little things that are adding up to losing for the Hurricanes these days. Miami has just not been solid enough to win games against these other average ACC teams. The next opportunity comes Saturday against an NC State team that is better than Carolina and Virginia. You put it all together, and there's so much to talk about tonight as we embark on this edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of KaneSport.com. We once again welcome you to Kane Sport Live. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. More, yeah, yeah, I'm screwing up again. We have a different number tonight, folks, because of these technical issues. The number is 319-527-6768. Man, I feel like, uh, God, I feel like Manny here so far tonight. 319-527-6768 is the number. You do hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We once again ask the subscribers at KaneSport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them during the course of the evening. So the bottom line is that while we have been subjected to lots of drama down the stretch the past few weeks, there are so many reasons why the Canes are 2-4 and going into Saturday's game against NC State. The biggest to me is that Miami is getting absolutely destroyed in the first quarter of football games. The numbers are absolutely insane. 176-12 to Saturday in the first quarter alone. A week after, they were outgained 151 to 10 in the first quarter against Virginia. That's a disparity in game planning that Manny Diaz must reconcile as he tries to give the Miami administration a reason to take him into year four as head coach. And I know, obviously, so many of you out there listening tonight don't want there to be a year four. That'll be something else we talk about. And what else are you guys seeing you know, beyond that? So let's go go out to your calls and let's talk about it. I'm sure in very animated fashion. Again, 319-527-6768. 319-527-6768 is the number. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. All right, we're going to do this again. Let's go to the 352 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Gary, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to co-host the show with you from the very first beginning. Take two. Absolutely insane. When when technology goes haywire, all hell breaks loose. Anytime that you want me to co-host the show with you, I'm there. I'm happy to do it, okay? (laughs) I'm sure you did a great job. I'll I'll, I'll go off, okay? And and I'll get the callers in fast. We'll get, get, you know, limit them to about three minutes. We'll, We'll have a great show. So I'm happy to do that. I don't think right, who is, who is we this need to talk ball? about this – is, this is Sebastian's fight. Don't right, think Sebastian. that we need to talk about X's and O's anymore because they really don't matter. The only part that I will point out to you regarding X's and O's that I want, that I want to disagree with you about is that before the game, before the game we had a bye weekend and you said, hey, I think it's coincidence that Miami had sucked historically coming off bye weekends, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's a, it's a pattern 
and I think it's a product of the fact that Manny Diaz doesn't know how to prepare his team, and giving him an extra week is not going to change that. That's, that's item number one. But I don't think we need to talk about X's and O's. I think the most important thing that I want to know, and I think most people want to know, is what is going on with Blake James? What is the behind-the-scenes info that you're getting? Because that's the only thing that matters from here on out. X's and O's and who he's playing at this point doesn't matter. He's going to be gone. So we need to make sure that Blake James is gone, too. What are you hearing in that regard? Well, I mean, I wrote to, I don't know if you read the column I wrote today about what's going on behind the scenes at the university. And they are, you know, they're making a serious attempt to get their act together and start running the, the athletic department like what it is, which is a major enterprise. I mean, it, this is a $100 million plus a year business that's going to get, about to get bigger. And I, I personally have a hard time picturing Blake remaining part of the equation as that transition gets made. That's, to me, not his wheelhouse. Um, you know, he does have some strengths as an athletic director. He has done some good things. Uh, but if you're talking about big business and, and you're talking about um, trying to be out in front and proactive as the college football landscape and the college sports landscape changes – and, you know, things like NIL come more to the forefront for starters. I mean, the athletic departments of the future are going to have to um, be able to help facilitate NIL involvement for their athletes. Let's be honest. The ones that are going to be most successful are going to be the ones that do that. Um, coaches are making more and more money all the time. Contracts are getting ridiculous. I mean, you saw what LSU went through this week. Uh, with the, you know paying Ed Orgeron seventeen million dollars to leave, I mean the, the numbers are ridiculous. Uh, I don't think you'll have, you'll see Miami get themselves into a spot like that. But the point I'm making is is that major college athletics is becoming big business. To me, it calls for a CEO. I mean a real CEO. Uh, you know if, if you were if you were going to have a hundred million dollar company, I know if I was going to have a hundred million dollar company, I would want the best CEO running it that I could find. Somebody so are you hearing that Blake James is going to be out? I mean, are there's you, no hearing the, anything the on Blake James. Scuttlebutt? No, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I, as I look forward and listen and see what the vision is and what they're trying to get done, I have a hard time envisioning Blake running this new modern day advanced athletic department. Uh, but you mean you, know, he, you mean being the, the the head of ticket sales at the University of Maine for ten years didn't doesn't qualify him to be the head of a hundred million dollar business? That doesn't make sense, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and bash Blake like that. You know, listen. I mean, he's I given will. The I will do it for you. All right, but I mean, here's the here's the here's the facts. I mean, there, there's a pattern at the University of Miami athletic program of hiring people. In recent, in the recent, let's say decade, who might not have been as high powered and, and, and qualified for the jobs they would be being put in, as you would hope they would be. Whether it's you know Blake as athletic director, whether um, it's underneath Manny Blake, the layer under coach. the layer under the, the 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 layer underneath Blake, overseeing things like the football program. Um, all good people, by the way. I mean, it pains me 
it pains me to make these comments because I have to be honest about it. But like, it's not like they're not good people. I mean, Blake's a good guy. There's nothing wrong with Blake. Um, but Jimmy Carter's the, a good guy. Doesn't mean he can run the country. <laughs> you're in, you're in comedic mode this evening. Uh, but but um, in, in in all seriousness, I mean the, the the confidence level of people on a professional level makes a difference, and it's caught up to Miami. And yeah, it extends. You know, to Manny, who really should not have been put in the head coach's office. I mean, that that was a mistake, clearly. And uh, you know, Manny was doing great, even though you know he hadn't really like he was progressing in his career. Like he had landed the head coaching job at Temple, which was a great great progression for him. I mean, when he came to Miami, he was just a run of the mill, middle of the pack defensive coordinator. Um, he had been fired from the best job he ever had. He had never won anything anywhere he'd been he had never recruited anybody of note uh landing the job with mark Richt in miami was a great opportunity for manny and you know i think miami got the best manny diaz the you know those those that first year or two um i think that was the best manny of his entire career but that doesn't mean that they should have put him in the head coach's office and it was a huge mistake that blake made and you know now you're paying for it forward but yeah, and get back to your all of Manny's success as a defensive coordinator here was was predicated off of Al Golden recruits. I mean, can we not acknowledge that? Of course, and and success is yeah. relative. Like they still didn't win anything. I mean, they won some yeah. close games in 2017 that created a lot of drama down the stretch, um, and then lost the last three. Right. Well, and then, and listen, and then Mark Rick, and then, Mark and then Rick you know what happened the next coach, year? I think we win the Coastal. Well, and then and then if you know Mark what happens next. Doesn't leave. Yeah. And and then and and, and then you know what happened the first year of Manny as head coach. So, you know maybe that that start in 2017 was a little bit of a mirage, you know. Uh, but but the point is that getting back to your original question is, if Miami is sincere about what I am seeing and hearing, and they are looking to run their athletic department like the $100 million-plus business that it is, I personally have a hard time seeing Blake being very long in that type of scenario. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I don't know that any decisions have been made. I have not heard that there have been. Uh, you know, I have not heard any sentiment to this point among the, 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 the people in charge at the university to fire Blake. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go because I hate – listen, the only comment I have about the show structure is that sometimes you let people go on too long. I don't want to be one of those guys, but I'll listen. I'm going to keep listening. All right, man? All right. Well, there's a lot of callers tonight, so we'll try to keep it, keep them tight. Thanks, Gary. Thank, hey, the best. Hey, 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 thanks for the assist at the beginning. Sorry for those uh, technical snaps. That's what I'm here for, man. Anytime. Just let me know. I'm happy to do it. Appreciate it, Sebastian. Have a good night. All right, 319-527-6768. I'm going to have to get used to that one tonight after the other number for so long. We might be back to the other number hopefully next week, but um had to do a little stopgap tonight to get the show to go on because uh, there's some massive, massive technical issues. But uh, 319-527-6768, you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 757. You're live on King's Court Live. All right, let me get this out of the way real quick. Real quick, Gary, real quick. It's Kane Kane. I'm going to be down there this weekend. I'm spending my hard-earned money to get on a flight to come see them, but I didn't go to Carolina. Didn't want to drive the three hours up and back, and we lost. Damn it, we lost. Okay. 
Forget all that. They played hard. Forget all that. Here's what I want to say. Damn all these fake-ass fans that want us to lose. You can beat me, beat me, beat me. I hate losing. I don't care if we win every game and to get rid of man of the mark. I don't care. I want to win. I don't care about all that other crap. That's out of our control. I ain't the president. The man can lose all the games, they still keep him. People going to be crying. He can win all the games, they can still keep him. Don't give him a contest. I don't give a damn. I want wins, victories. I'm tired of losing. And a shout-out to Uki. And a shout-out to everybody out there. Uh, Meister King, everybody. Look, this, this losing stuff, fuck that. I want to win my Dolphins. I'm 3-9 and nine between the Dolphins and the Kings. This is terrible. This is terrible. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. We just want to win. So all these people want this BS. Ain't nothing to talk about. Yeah, can we beat North Carolina State? You damn right we can beat them. We get this is mental recruits as everybody else that we plan. They just got to put it all together. The offense did good in the second half. Two games in a row. Where's the first half? What's up? The defense. We, we, we push blocking. Man, hit the mother. Hit them. And like your boy uh, Matt said, Matt said, you can't blame this all on coaches. These boys know how to hit. Hit. You learn hitting in elementary. You learn it in middle school and high school. You just can't run people over, man. Hit these son of a guns and put them on their back. But other than that, man, it's all good. I'm going to be in a 305 ride or die. But all y'all fake-ass fans want to do, go to another team because I'm sick of the BS. Point blank, period. And that's all I got to say tonight. See y'all in the 305 this weekend. Ride or die. I'm out. Peace. All right, Kane Kane. Looking forward to having you in town. <laughs> Can't imagine what that's going to mean. But uh, you don't have to tell us that either. You, know, you can keep it all secret. But uh, seriously, looking forward to having you in town. Uh, hope to run into you at the stadium on Saturday. Let's go out to the 504. You're live on King Sport Live. Yeah, how you doing, man? This is Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? How you doing tonight? Man, I'm good. I want to tell you, Kamenu, that was a hell of a piece that you wrote. Man, it was it was so detailed, so structured. It was it was it was it was it was a hell of a piece, man. That was a great talking about the one this morning. A right? great piece, man. Yeah, man. About, if anything, that was morning. hey, just just so hell everybody yeah. knows the one you just wrote. Just so everybody knows, talking about real quick. Um, so if you haven't been on Kingsports.com today, uh, there there is a story on the front page where I uh, write about what's going on behind the scenes at the university and how they're kind of restructure, trying to restructure things, and the president's office is taking an active role, and uh, the recruiting business leaders around the community to advise them and things like that. So um, uh, if you haven't seen that yet, I, I do encourage everybody to take a look. It'll kind of bring you up to speed on what's going on. So what else you got rolling? Yeah, that, all, for the that piece should Thank be you. everywhere. You broke that down. You broke it down from a micro level, very detail-oriented, very specific-driven from – um, I forgot the gentleman you were speaking about. Um, uh, Frank Julio Franco's right hand man, and then the, uh, one of the uh, uh, top donors. I think it was two brothers. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was fantastic, man. A buddy of mine sent it to me this morning. I read. It, I was like, this is this is exactly the whole program in a nutshell. You couldn't you couldn't have written that shit shit any better, man. So I'm going to commend you again on that. I appreciate that. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm not going to hold you you up. Just uh, hope changes are made. Well, changes are going to be made, but I think it needs to be changed. (laughs) I told a buddy of mine, um, everybody needs to go. Every single 
it needs to be an overhaul out this world. And I just, I'm going to just leave it at, with one name and then, you know, kind of go from there. Alonzo Hyde Smith. That's the start. That's the, that's a major start. That's, that's, that's the, that's the key man to go into the role and the operations form. Um, and then I, I can't speak on the AD or anything, but I, I just know Alonzo Hyde Smith, if he doesn't get that, if he doesn't come in and not over operations for uh, University of Miami football, it would be a major problem. So, well, we, I mean, I've been on that for years. Speak on that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been on that for two years, as you know. Two years. Two um, years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, one hundred percent makes sense to me. Uh, we are we are going to have Alonzo on the Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. And listen, I, I'm, you listen. He, I remember. I think it was last week. Uh, Alonzo was on Lamar Thomas show. I think it was. Listen, the man. No, no, he's going to be on the Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. I think he was on some other podcast. But the point is, we're going to get into yeah, all of yeah, this with him yeah. tomorrow. I think it was last week, but I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. And he wants to come back to the program. He wants to see the program flourish from a from a from a from a football standpoint as well as an academic standpoint. And and the thing, one thing that he made a point of that really stood out was you have to bring in a coach that understands the culture, and that was a home run within itself. So, man, I hope Hodge makes you know he gets a job and. Uh, I'm just ready, you know, uh, I'm ready for the season to be over with, ready to, you know, uh, tear the, rip everything apart and, and keep it moving and then rebuild and uh, uh, look look for tw- uh, 2022. So, but, again, man, you put me on hold. Again, great piece. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Roland. Really appreciate that. Yep. Have a great yeah. night. All right, 319-527-6768. 319-527-6768. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 845. You are now live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, Gary. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing this week? Um, I want to second what Roland just said about your article, but there's one thing I don't agree with. Mario's win wasn't the biggest upset of the season. I think Texas A&M over Alabama was a little bigger than that. But anyway, that's nothing. Uh, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll debate that with you, and here's why. It was a home game for Texas A&M. Mario took Oregon on the road to, to the shoe and okay. pretty much dominated Ohio State. I mean, that was an amazing accomplishment. I'm sorry. I mean, they I understand Texas A&M beating, beating Bama. It you know, was a big win for A&M and all that, but they were at home. So there's a difference. Okay. Oregon preseason top ten team, weren't they? Uh, I, believe I believe they were. They were. Uh, no, actually, I believe they were just outside the top ten. Okay. All right. Forget about that. Um Last year, we played Oklahoma State, right, in the bowl game. Uh, you think we were – those two teams were pretty comparable, right? It was a very – went down to the final drive. This year, Oklahoma State, 6-0, and we're 2-4. and four. Yep. In our 6-0-6 streak against 
uh, Power 5 teams. We give up 42.7 points per game, Gary. And that's Mm -hmm. Manny's defense. Mm -hmm. If Manny hired a coordinator with these results this year, would would he fire him? Good question. A good question. I don't know the answer, but it's a good question. I mean, come on. What what the How can you come out? You you went over the stats in the first quarter of these games. It's like, does he anticipate what the other coaches are doing on on the other team? How can you have Gervin Hall covering that slot receiver man-to-man? What, what, Unbelievable. Is- Unbelievable. Yeah, I'll, I, I'm about to explode out of the studio here because, because I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Seriously. That right there, I mean, was as egregious as anything you'll ever see. How do you have Gervin Hall covering one of the best receivers in the country one-on-one and not just covering him, giving him a 15-yard cushion? And he still got small. It's a joke. What if he got smoked? The kid could do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we got Corey Flagg playing all the time, and he's got the lowest rating on the defense. Come on. What what does he see in these players? Your point is that it's bad. Obviously, you're right, Greg. But but let me let me just make another point. Like, I think everybody listening tonight, you, myself, everybody else, we'll all agree that it's bad. But as bad as it is, look how close they are to winning all these games. Like, it's it's like it's bad and it's bad enough that, yeah, they need to change coaches and, and start from scratch. But what you're seeing is the potential of Miami football. Miami football doesn't have to be – great to, to win 10, 11 games every single year. Now, there's one about 1% to 2% of the teams in the country every year potentially go undefeated. And that's the level that, that Miami, to me, needs to aspire to and can reach with the right coach in place and the right uh, management an operation of its football program. And there aren't that many schools out there that can do it. You know, obviously, Bama can, Georgia can, Ohio State can. Uh, there's a few more without question. You know, Notre Dame probably can if they got everything going. You know, I still think USC has the capability to be that kind of program. But uh, the point is there's not many. And I think Miami's one of them. And that's why if they can just get this right, if they can fund the program properly, if they could get the right head coach in there and stop playing – you know, these stupid games with everybody every year, like what's been going on now for 15, 16, 17, 18 years, I wholeheartedly and 100% convinced that Miami football can be Miami football again. Uh All right. One quick last point. There's no way Mario's coming here if Blake James is here, okay? That's number one. And if we can't get Mario, I'm going to – I'm going to bring up two names I'd like. Billy Napier or uh, Dave Aranda. Billy Napier's worked under Saban. He's worked under Dabo Sweeney. He gets a lot out of his teams. 
I, I mean, he's an up and comer. He has much yep. more. Billy, Billy Napier is an up and comer. He's definitely an up and comer. He is going to get a better job this year. Uh, whether it'll be Miami or not, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I think that he, they got to go after Mario. And to me, there's not a close second. You know, once you get once you you know you get into Billy Napier, you're getting into Mark Stoops. You know, you're getting to, into you know Fakel. You're getting into all those guys that to me are the, the next tier. So That's you my, think Mario's a better coach than Luke Fickle? I do. I think he's a better coach Luke for Miami. He's number two in the country. I I, I I understand that. If Cincinnati but, played Oregon next week, who would win? Um, Oregon's a little beat up, so I don't know. But if, listen, Greg, if we're debating – we, what we should be debating is not that. What we should be debating is who's the better fit for Miami. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, we don't Mario need to sit here and have an argument over whether Mikel is a better coach than Mario. I mean, it's irrelevant. It's it's who's a better coach for Miami. All right. Then you're right. I'll leave you with that. You're right on that. Okay. But Billy Napier is a good coach, and so is Dave Aranda. He's he, he's a very good upcoming coach that 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 many people have identified um, as a guy that you know is on the rise in college football, and I think you will see him get a better job. Okay, thank you. I'll let you go. Have a good. All day. right, Greg. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. 319-527-6768, 319-527-6768. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 727. You are now live on Team Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you, Gary? Doing good. Who's Jake? Thank you. Hey, what's up, Jake? How you been? Doing good. Doing good. <laughs> Hoping that we're uh, we're coming to the end of an era. So, <laughs> so. Um, you know, a lot of the guys brought up the, uh, but I'd say you're on fire this week. You really, uh, you're, you're digging deep with, uh, uh, that, that article today about the, the business. That was fantastic. But the, the one I actually about firing Manny, not right now. I, I'm, I'm, I was a big Manny supporter, just hoping to end the cycle, but, uh, that time is, uh, come and gone. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know, you were just saying a minute ago how we're, uh, you know, you, you look at our record and really other than Bama, we could have won every single one of those games. And, and, and not saying that that's, uh, that's actually more an indictment on Manny in my opinion. And, you know, I, I when you, when you wrote that article, I, I, I didn't know, I, I watched the, the game, but I didn't see him just kind of king uh, uh, out there. But, you know, to me, it's like <laughs> Manny, you know, you, you had the, the, the saying, don't, don't blame Manny. And I kind of agreed with that. I, 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 I've, I've been a, a reason or moderately defensive of him just because I, I don't like the, the carousel or the firing coaches for the sake of firing coaches. But, you know, you, you look at, at the, this 
whole tenure he's had. And it's always been someone else. You know, year one, it was Dan Enos. And, uh, and then last year, it was Blake Baker. And, and you know, he, he's, he's run out of people to blame this time. And he's, you know, I look back, one of the re- biggest reasons I ever gave him the benefit of the doubt, it, it was a movie made, literally it might have been the first thing he did as a coach, but I don't know if you remember when, when he first got hired, he brought the whole team over to the stadium and made them run the stairs and watch the Duke loss. What happened to that guy? Like This team, if you could say anything of them, they're undisciplined. They lack consequence and responsibility for their actions. And, you know, that, that is something that you can blame on a coach. You, you know, I, I don't buy the whole idea that these guys are kids, but they are 18, 20-year-old people. And, you know, I, I, I wonder if he was thinking about that when, when, when that all went down. Uh, just, you know, he, he just seemingly never took charge of the situation. He's... He's made some very, you know, flashy moves, moves that I think we all thought or hoped would work. But at the end of the day, like, you know, he never really looked inward at what he was doing wrong. It was always somebody else. And and, and I'm just very much looking forward to this experiment being over as much as uh, I hoped that it would succeed. But, um, you know, that's, to me, I just uh, – I, I hope you're right. I hope there really is some some interest because I, I think we're kind of almost at the end of the road where, you know, we're, we're going on a generation of Miami being irrelevant. And there there isn't a whole lot of evidence for, for teams coming back from that, you know. Gary, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, you no. Know, I, I, usually, usually you jump I'm, in there. I just, I wondered if I got cut off. Sorry. I'm, no, no, I'm no, no. Out, no but, I'm, I'm, but, I'm listening to you. I agree. I agree with what you're saying so far. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I really hope because, you know, I, I'm looking at like, you know, I know the that the big money's upset and everything, but you know. I, I'm a business owner, you know, I, I could probably toss some money and not, I mean, not, you know, I, I can't cut huge, you know, golden cane checks, but you know, if this team was winning, I, I get calls from the, the, the season ticket office and the, the booster club and whatnot. And like, Oh, you know, we're, we're doing this and that. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not paying you money for six and six. I'm not paying <laughs> you for a, I, I own a, a water damage restoration company. Um, oh, okay. You know, and uh, you know it's a good business. Uh, uh, you know, things are good. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, multimillionaire. I'm not crushing it like that. But you know, I, I throw some money at the program if we. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking national championship. I'm just talking like I want to be entertained. It's it, every every game we've had under Manny Diaz. It's like you go into it in nervous wreck because you're like, okay, we're probably going to get obliterated in the first half and then we're going to make a comeback and we're going to be just short. Or sometimes like last year, we come up, you know, we come up the winner and those games are fun. I have to admit that, but it's just like, it's, I'd like to just, you know, have a team show up prepared and win a game for a change. You know, uh, we, we have the talent to do it. We, we're typically the more talented team. It's just, we're, we're always unprepared. We're always undisciplined. 
And it's just, but but what I was getting at, uh, you know, that, that, that's that's another tangent. But how many other people are there like me? Like, you know, look, if and I've only been a season ticket holder for a couple of years because I just recently moved back into the state. Um, but like, I'm not gonna. I drive three and a half hours. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of money uh, going to these games and everything. I'm not going to do it to get pissed off, ruin my weekend. And, you know, it's not about the money. It's just like <laughs> I've got a lot of other things I could do with my time. I Like, I'm not going to go spend it being pissed off all weekend because I watched a crap product take the field. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, it's nice because I, I just like going to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, wherever we decide to stay you know, make a weekend out of it, but I'm pissed off the whole weekend. And and how many other people, and then the other thing is, is, you know, you got to think, I'm almost 40. I still remember that, but I mean, you know, there's people 25, they don't remember any of the good years. Those kids are coming up. Those people are coming up. Like they're, they're not going to support this program. And I I mean, frankly, neither will I, if, if it continues on the, on the course it's on, I'm not renewing my season tickets. If they, if they renew Manny Diaz, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to not do that. I want to be a fan. I want to go to these games, but you know, the products there, it's not like we're in the middle of Indiana where like, you know, you got to draw all these people in. All we have to do is keep half the talent home and find a couple of offensive linemen and a quarterback, and you've got a nine-ten win team at the at the yeah at the floor. It's, it's not real hard. I, that's that was the point I was making a few minutes ago. It's not very yeah, difficult. Uh, I, I I don't know if I agree with you that we can be a national champion contender like we were in the '80s, but we could be like Georgia right now and just be in the mix year 100%. in and year out, top ten. If, if, and if you get a guy like Mario in here that can recruit. 100%. You can be that. Look, look at what he did at Oregon last year. All right. He recruited in a, in a, in a COVID year where kids couldn't even take visits. He recruited the top player in nine different states to come to Oregon. Okay. Um, sight unseen. Gary, Gary, wait, wait, let me, let me call you out of that. So I, I'm all for Mario. Don't 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 get me wrong here. But so one thing, you, you keep saying that. Like he he recruited some guys from like Alaska and states that don't really matter. No, not Alaska. But, but here's not Alaska. <laughs> no, I know. Not Alaska. He, New York Listen, and, and they have they have uh, you know, no in-state talent in that state. None. He, no, I'll he grant you that all kid, day long. If, but if they, he gets he one does kid, have the West Coast all to himself. No, he doesn't. He he goes down Who's to California on the West and. Coast? and he goes down to California and, and he battles it out with USC, UCLA, um, you know, a cow. Those are all garbage teams. USC I mean, if we were UCLA fighting with... are only garbage teams because they've been run like Miami lately. But they're, well, yeah, they're, but... they're not gar- <laughs> they're not garbage programs. I mean, USC is so... only three years behind us. Dude, so <laughs> the, the talent, dude, the, the, ta- the talent base in, in LA area is. Probably because they got linemen and quarterbacks. Yeah, it's probably comparable to South Florida. It's better because they got linemen and quarterbacks. We have none of those. Uh, but but I mean here nor there. Uh, one thing I would I would ask you though is you know the the Manny Diaz thing was a huge mistake and 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 I would have been fully supportive of Mario, but I just wanted a coach search much like you did. 
wouldn't it be wise for them if they're going to go, you know, let, let's, let's, let's play it at face value. Let's say that they're actually going to go in on this. They're, they're going to do this. They're going to spend the money and they're going to do it hear out other coaches. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not talking, uh, you know, you, you got some mid-level uh, garbage out there, but you know, one of, one of my things, Mario's a badass recruiter. He, he's good and he's pretty good at getting his guys pumped up. But the one thing to me that, that, that has always kind of been a question mark to me with Mario is he seems to do less with more. Like, he goes and gets that big-time talent. But, you know, I mean, like this year, they could easily be 3-3 three and three this year, too, you know, for what it's worth. So, and he, he tends to lose some boneheaded games every year. He's always great at showing up and getting his team ready for the big game. He, on a year-to-year basis doesn't have his team ready for Arizona, doesn't have his team ready for Oregon State. The garbage teams, he, he tends to overlook them. And that, I don't know, to me that's a, that is a big problem because the, the, the ACC has got, you know, some talented teams there who can compete. And I, I just, to me, like, if we're going to do this and we're, we're going to go all out, talk to a few other guys, see what's, you know, get some opinions. I, I mean, look, if we wound up with Mario, I'll be doing backflips. Trust me, <laughs> I, I'll put money towards the program. I'll put money towards buying uh, that contract. Here, I'm not going to be here, the – but Here's what I'm saying, Jake. I think that, uh, that there's a recognition that there's a very good fit with Mario. I, I think they're going to explore that first. That's my opinion of what will happen. And depending on where that goes will determine the depth of the search in other directions. Yeah, I, you know, my my one thing to that I would say is if they're going to do it, then do it and win. Like, if yeah. not, then do a coach search. But if you're going to do it, make it happen. You you can make that happen. Think about all the money they lose with those forty, fifty thousand empty seats every game. The attendance this year has been embarrassing. I mean, it's like places like a golf tournament. It's so quiet inside there, other than the pumped in noise. And, uh, you know, how much money are you leaving on the table having 50,000 empty seats every game? Well, I mean, the truth is what's sold is usually sold before the season. So, yeah, there's some single-game seats each week that they're missing out on. But They sell 40,000 uh, season tickets. It's a 70,000-person stadium. No, I, no, I understand. They got, they got a lot, they got, that's just a lot of revenue there. Yeah, if that's your point. You're Plus right. parking, concessions, right. everything else. Yeah, sorry, man. Hey, I'll let you go. Yeah. Good talking to you. This is a great show. I love it. Appreciate it, man. Give us a call next week. All right, 319-527-6768. I got it right. New new, new number tonight. Uh, 319-527-6768. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go now to the 561. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, Gary. What's up, bro? Yes, sir. Who's that? Scooter, uh, Scooter DuPont. Scooter DuPont makes his yeah. return. Man, you've been you've been yeah. taking you've been taking some heat the last few I know. Weeks well, you know what? It, you know what it is? Is like I'm the only one who thinks we should keep Manny. I guess like all your audience, they basically say the same thing. I mean. Oh, You're the only fan. Oh. God honest truth. I know. Scooter, and obviously I know yeah. hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Right now, yeah. I would say you are the only fan that I know that mm-hmm. is a proponent is a proponent of continuing with the status quo. 
Okay. I mean, I was in Chapel Hill. I'll say a short thing. Scooter, let me say one other thing real quick. Wait one second. One second. I want to say one other thing just to just to drive just to drive this point home. Um, I've been going to Chapel Hill for North Carolina games for many years. Obviously, Uh, usually we would have four, five, six thousand fans up there. I think. I mean, it's always Mm. been a very well attended. I mean, it's a phenomenal road trip for people. uh, Nice area. You know, good restaurants. um, You know, the beautiful campus, Chapel Hill, the whole thing. Um, Yeah. I I don't think we had more than 100 people there on Saturday. I mean, it was so depressing. And, you know, none of the boosters are going to the games anymore. Uh, It's it's, it's sad. It's For me, it's sad to watch. Look, you know, like, you literally are the only guy that I know that's lining up on that. No, no, no. Listen, I I love your your show and everything, but if I could have a criticism here and don't take this too harshly, is you have sort of a sense of entitlement where you think that University of Miami should be winning and we're different than these other programs. This is, are like you talking about me or are you talking about the fan base? I'm talking about yeah, yeah, you man. I hear you and Matt. You know, All right, you if you're, like, wait, wait, time out. You feel if like you're talking about me. If you're talking about me, wait, 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 wait. If you're talking about me, let me just yeah. say this: it's, it's, there's no okay. sense of entitlement. Okay, I, I mean it's not entitlement. I, I've been here for a long time, and uh, I've seen what this place can be when it's run properly. We're no different people. than USC. We're no different than Bull Texas. Crap. We're Maybe. no different than Michigan. That's They're not the, trying that's to win just argument, like we're trying to win. It's a dog fight. And, and Shooter, that's not the argument, fans, bro. That's not the argument. You tell these fans to a national search. It's like Santa Claus is going to bring you a present. Bro, it doesn't work that way. You're not a little kid anymore. Look at Michigan. Shooter. Look at Florida State. They all do national searches. It's not some – if you get some – how many coaches have come and gone and failed? Uh, Kevin Sumlin. Um, who's the guy in Michigan? Uh, the Scott Frost. They just gave Scott Frost thirty-five. They do they do national searches all the time, and they come up with these big names. It it's a crapshoot. You don't know what you're gonna get with Manny. At least he's analytical. At least he's ready to fix problems. You you said yourself you think he's smart, and you want to bring in somebody who's like a Neanderthal just because he's an alpha male like a Highsmith who doesn't understand anything. He all he knows is he's like a big ape Dude. or something. Scooter, Scooter, I'm going to have to cut you off. I mean, you're insulting people. You're, you're, you know, using you racist undertones. No, Wait, no, that's from your Scooter. mouth. That's from your mouth. Scooter, you're using racial, racial undertones. You're, you're getting way off the beaten path here. I'm not now, using any I'm trying, I'm, I'm no. trying to have a, de- a little bit, bit of a debate okay. with you, but you got, you got to clean it up, bro. All right, now listen. Here's the thing. I've been here a long time. I understand that there's no entitlement. I understand that the success of University of Miami football is all about no. There's entitlement, Gary. Okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Do you think there's any difference between us in Michigan, us in Nebraska, us in USC, us in uh, North Carolina, us in Florida State? Everybody's trying to do the same thing. It's not easy, Gary. And just because we're Miami, it doesn't make a difference. Nobody gives a. It's not. It's not easy. But what I'm. But what I'm trying to say to you is that the success of Miami football is predicated on the quality of the people in them, the building. Gary. Do you We're not any different. Than Did you admit that? I understand. They, it might be the same for them. No, I'm, I don't think I'm you, not I don't think familiar you that, with the ins and outs of Michigan, of Michigan football. I can't tell you why Harbaugh is succeeding or not succeeding. Uh, maybe Did they I do a national I had, search with him? 
Wait, 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 wait. Did they do this national search with him? Because this is what you're telling me. I think they, I think they, tar- I think they targeted him. I don't oh. think he was a national search. I think he was a targeted hire. And, it, and it, you know, it was hard to argue. I mean, he's a Michigan guy. But, but it's very, just another – but, Gary, Gary, it's just another example of you think you could have a sure thing. What what more of a sure thing was he? What more of a sure thing was God. Uh, Scooter, all these other – you're, you're making too many different arguments at one time. If you want to make the argument that there's no such thing as a sure thing, then I would agree with you. Jim Harbaugh is a great example. Yeah. No doubt. I, I'll, totally, I'll, I'll totally agree with you on that, but you're all over the place right now. Here's what I'll tell you. If the people in the building are right, Miami football can and will be Miami football again. Okay? Everything so else you're talking like a little kid. Oh, dude, man. I, I've, uh, yeah, dude, I, it's like now, you know, you're, you know, you're not having constructive conversation here. You're insulting everybody. Hold on Good. I gotta like. All right. Well, give, give us a call next time when you're in a little bit more of a sound state of mind. <laughs> happy to happy. I'm thrilled to death to have a, a a contrary point of view. That is healthy for everybody, and it's great for the show and all that. But you can't come on here calling people names. You can't come on here insulting people like Alonzo Highsmith. Uh, you know, the, the the bottom line is, is this. And, and yes, this is an opinion. When the quality of the people in the building are up to snuff and good enough, Miami football wins big. You've seen it now over, you, well, not, I'm not going to say four decades, but, but you saw it on multiple occasions, certainly over three. Um, Howard Snellenberger was as good as it gets. Just an amazing human being, an amazing visionary, uh, had the full toolbox that it takes and you saw what he did if Howard Schnellenberger had stayed at Miami he would have been the modern day Bear Bryant okay Jimmy Johnson comes here take a look at Jimmy Johnson's record before he came to Miami wasn't great okay but Sam Jankovic the athletic director who I thought really blew it by letting Howard leave but uh had the confidence, again, quality of people in the building. The guy was a monster athletic director. And, yeah, he got into an ego thing with Howard and that they were two big egos and it didn't work real well, and Howard left. But uh, Sam identifies Jimmy Johnson, brings him to Miami, and Jimmy turned out to be the goods, right? He did it here. He went. He did it in the National Football League. It's a shame that he had that itch. He's another one. Had he stayed at Miami – he would be the modern-day Nick Saban, no question about it, because he was good enough. You're good enough at Miami, you win at Miami. Okay? So Dennis Erickson comes in, phenomenal football coach. I think everybody would agree on that. And was able to take the talent that Jimmy left him and win two national titles, and then everything fell apart on him, and he left and went to the NFL. But the point is that as a CEO – of Miami football, Dennis wasn't good enough. I mean, he just, he just wasn't, you know. Butch was good enough. Randy wasn't good enough. You know, Larry wasn't good enough. Larry went to back-to-back national title games with what Butch left them. But when the program had to stand on its own two feet based on his competence as a CEO, 
it fell apart, right? You see the pattern here, folks? Scooter, I think you're still, I think you're still listening. There's a pattern here. When, the, when the, the person running the program and the people working under him were of the utmost competent level, Miami football wins and wins big, and we're going to have another one of those people on the Lamar Thomas show, Solinger. And I'm going to get into this with him too because he, he, he'll understand what I'm talking about because he was on some of those staffs, and he understands how good those coaching staffs are. And just take a look at how many of them went on to be head coaches in the National Football League. You know, Chuck Pagano, Dave Campo, Rob Chudzinski. Um, you can go there, – there, there's more. I mean, I, I'm not thinking of them all right this minute. Dave, uh, Dave Wanstead, Butch Davis. I mean, I, you go on and on and on. So many of the guys that coached in this program went on to be head coaches in the NFL. Now, I love the human beings that are in the program right now. They're all good people. I love them. You know, I don't know if they love me all the time. I mean, when they when things aren't going well, I have to tell the truth and I have to, you know, critique what they're doing. But I feel pretty safe in saying there's not one person in that program right now that's going to go be a head coach in the National Football League. I feel safe saying there's not one person in that building right now that's going to go be a head coach in college. Being able to hire quality people, it's about being able to recognize quality people. Starts with the athletic director. You got to be able to hire the right head coach that's capable of hiring a staff at that level. There was zero reason. And again, I like Manny. I stood up for him this weekend. I wrote a column saying that he shouldn't be fired. I took a lot of heat for that column. But, and again, I was talking about this past weekend, <laughs> just, just to be clear. Uh, if they lose next Saturday, my opinion is going to be different. But the point I'm making is it's about the people in the building and the quality of those people in the building. And, uh, Scooter, I think you're missing that a little bit. Um, we'll give you a chance on another day, but please don't come on the show um, making racial disparaging remarks and calling people names. All right, 319-527-6768, 319-527-6768. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go down to 305. You are live on Team Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Oh, hey, Adam. How you doing, man? How you been? Good. Uh, disappointed in the last couple of games. It, it like It's like getting killed with a... Knife cut, one nick at a time, and pretty soon you bleed to death. Um, it's like a nick here, a cut there, and then all of a sudden your team's dead. Um, a couple things. Uh, one, do you agree with your colleague Mike Farrell that Ed Oregon would be a good fit? Because I saw that as well as your great article today. I did. I did see that, and I no, I don't agree. <laughs> he's, he's, I, I think he's the, the guy is freaking crazy. Like. He's nuts. I don't understand. You know, I mean, I know he won that title at LSU. All the stars aligned. They had a great team, great staff. You know, it goes back to what I'm saying. They had a great staff that year. You know, uh, Joe, Joe Brady did an amazing job for him that year with, with Burrow as the quarterback. They had great receivers. They won the national title. But, no, I don't think, I don't think he would be a good hire for Miami because he, he's too, or, too big of a risk as, as, as a human being. But, Hyrule, I mean, the only, 
Okay. Same, same, I'm just saying because – Okay. Because Oregon does have – he did coach under Jimmy and Dennis. So that's why early on in his career. So he also has those Miami ties. Yeah, I know. I, I remember, obviously, when he was here as a D-line coach. He was an okay coach, oh, okay. but do I, like him, do I like him as a head coach here? No. Oh, okay. I mean, I just thought I it was don't. an interesting take by your colleague. I did. I also That's thought all. it was an interesting take, but I don't think anybody's going to be in a hurry to fire that guy. When, when LSU wants to get rid of you so bad, two years after winning the national championship, that they will pay you $17 million to go away? That's who you want to hire yeah. as your next head coach? No. No I, I, no, I just want to get your take on the article. That's all. Got you. Um, do you um, – here's the other thing. With all the heat, um, with, do you think – and Blake James trying to salvage this somehow. In your opinion, do you think, regardless of if the season – let's say the season turns around miraculously and Manny wins out, do you think – how could Blake James and play devil's advocate? Because I'm also in the camp that Manny should have never gotten this job. And I think Manny should be out. Um, but playing devil's advocate, how does Manny salvage this? Or how can Blake James sell it to the people or sell it to the fans? I don't know, man. It, it, like they've lost six straight to power five competition. I have a hard time sitting here talking about winning six straight to go eight and four. Like, you know, I no, it's, uh, what is the what is the, what is the probability to, of that? Well, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Oh, I, I don't think, think it'll happen either. Like it's definitely not impossible with the way the ACC is, but I mean, is it probable yeah. to run six straight games here and finish eight and four? Or, I mean, or let's say I would, we I, finish seven and five. I How does Blake sell this I, that Manny can get another year? I don't think he does. I don't think he can. Okay. So, or do you think the administration will say, you know what, Blake, this was your blunder. You're you you're going down with the ship, and they bring in somebody like a Dan Radakovich. And I hope I Listen, didn't butcher his name. No, you said his name right. I would be a big proponent of Dan Radakovich. I'm a, I know him very well. Um, he's a distant friend. We 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 went to we were at Miami at the same time together. Uh, we've kept in touch through the years, and uh, I would be a huge proponent of that guy. Now, is he going to leave Clemson to come here? I don't know, but I would take a shot at it. But no, uh, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Question, uh, to answer your real question, like I like, it just depends. I mean, like me, I'm making a change regardless because I understand that this program is going no place. I mean, recruiting isn't anywhere. You still players around the country. You can't keep the top players home. Every top player from South Florida is leaving again this year. Uh, yeah, it, it, we kept, you know, they kept a couple last year because of COVID, but that was, you know, that was a, a, a mirage. I mean, I give them credit. I mean, they, they got, they brought some very good players in last year, but you got to be able to do it every year. And uh, I just, I don't see this program going any place under the current leadership. And it could go on like this forever if you're going to make eight wins a successful uh, season with the schedule that they play. I mean, you could do this forever. They've already been doing it 18 years. I mean, it's, this is this is ridiculous. I, I mean, you said it yourself. Blake said it was a four or five year project. 
but I think even after year three, Blake's got to see the writing on the wall. You would hope. I, I would hope he sees. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would hope he sees the writing on the wall. Obviously, the only other major hire Blake ever made was Gino Damari, and that was more uh, your you've been here forever, and that's normally how it goes in college baseball. You don't normally one, see those. That one I give him a pass on, seriously. I mean, because Paul Damari, Gino's dad, literally yeah. kept Miami Athletics afloat for 20 years. I mean, literally kept the funding of the athletic department uh, alive and continues to donate uh, massive amounts of money into the okay. athletic program. Um, I think he just bought a new scoreboard for the baseball stadium and stuff. But, I mean, listen, I mean, sometimes you got to do favors but, but, for people that, that, that take care of you. No, but, and and but, I think letting, but, letting, letting Gino, Adam, have a shot at that baseball job, I think was a favor worth – worth giving and no maybe but gary it won't work out and, and and gino himself adam has said that if it doesn't get better he's not going to need to get fired he's going to leave him voluntarily because he wants it better too and if he can't do it he's going to get he's going to turn it over to somebody else but i didn't have a problem with his hire no gary i was agreeing with you because i was thinking when jim morris went either gino demario or jt artiaga should get the job because in baseball, you don't see those big hires. The only other, the only other out, outside two hires I was even thinking of were Greg Lovelady, who I think now is at UCF, or Mike New, who's at Cal. Because normally I recognize, because I had friends who played college baseball and they've seen coaching changes, normally you stay inside the family, unlike football or basketball. So I was agreeing with you on that one, Gary. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just don't know in, in baseball until you give it a shot. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a different kind of sport than football. I mean, who would have ever thought that Alex Cora would end up being the, a great manager of the Boston Red Sox, right? Yeah, and also in baseball, you lose, it, it's inevitable. A top program, you're not going to get all your recruits. No. That's the inevitable. If you're drafted in the top, ten, what, five or ten rounds in baseball, in the professional draft they're never setting foot on campus no so it's baseball a different has a lot of sport. problems baseball has a lot of problems because of the scholarship situation also exactly so but my point is um with manny hypothetically i know that they were throwing out um some names what about somebody like a spike dyke not spike dyke uh sunny dyke sunny dyke spike dyke say yeah, I don't know. But I, get he, it. I, don't I know. Would, I don't know. I don't know if he would make the list. Listen, here's what I'll tell you. I, you know what the number one criteria to me should be? You better have right. a history of recruiting in South Florida, and you better have been successful yeah. at it. And 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 if the answer is no, then I don't see how you could be a candidate for this job. Now, I believe um, somebody mentioned um, Billy Napier earlier tonight. Now, yeah. I believe he he did recruit South Florida some for Alabama and has at least been in South Florida, you know, um, but the, the um, background and success record yeah. of Mario Cristobal, not even close. But, but there's what no, about, for me, there's no close second, Adam. No, neither can I, but I'm saying if Mario says, you know what, I'm comfortable in Eugene and you have to go to a plan B, I'd like somebody and even though he was turned down, I think he was in top four when Rick was hired, and I don't know how eager is somebody like a Greg Schiano. 
He's coached at Miami. He knows the culture. Yeah, Greg, Greg Schiano, I'm just not sure that ship hadn't sailed. I mean, he hasn't really recruited South Florida really well or if in, a, in a while. I'm the, uh, I mean, I, I'd I, also, I, you know. Um, oh, and um, obviously I don't want to talk about recruiting. And last point, um, I had heard on Chris Stock that Maurice Clark is now the starting cornerback. Uh, can you talk to that? Has he shown enough he, to be starting? He got elevated. On, he did get elevated on the depth chart. We'll see how they put him out on the field on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, well, but he did get elevated. He, he did get elevated on the depth chart. And, and, and besides Pope. Oh, last thing I just wanted to ask: besides Pope and Wiggins, anybody else you know of who's going to go in the portal? I'm not sure what's going on with Sam Brooks right now. Sam, you know, Sam Brooks okay. is in. Oh, a little bit of a wild card. We'll see how that ends. All right. Thanks for taking my call, Gary. All right, Adam. Have a good one. Thanks for being part of the show. 319-527-6768. 319-527-6768. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're off to the 917. You're live on Game Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up, BK Hurricane? What's up, BK? How are you doing this week? What's going on, man? How's everything? Which is a great article. I know you. I know you're hearing it a lot, but it was an awesome article. Thank you, man. Very much appreciated. Well, it was an awesome article. But listen, Gary. Um, I just, you know, I'm gonna make it real quick. Uh, I want to specifically single out Rhett Lashley. Do you feel that, you know, seeing what you see now, that 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 we were sold like, you know, we didn't get what we paid for in regards to Rhett Lashley. And I have a, and I have a theory as to why that when Rhett Lashley did excel as an offensive coordinator, he always had an, an offensive minded coach to rely on. Like for example, when he was in Auburn, he had Gus Malzahn, someone who's known as being an offensive genius. What happens when he leaves Auburn, he goes to Connecticut or wherever else he went. He didn't do very well. Then he ends up in SMU, puts up these crazy, ridiculous numbers because there was an offensive-minded coach behind him in Sonny Dykes, another coach that is known as being an offensive genius. So now he comes to Miami. He has no one to rely on, no one to bounce things off of. It's just pretty much him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that this job may have been a little too big for him, a little too soon, too early, a little too early, you know? I mean, not definitely not too soon. I mean, he's been around long enough and been enough places. Uh, I I think he's being exposed a little bit this year. Uh, You know, when when you see the type of disparities that we're seeing in the first quarter. I mean, the first quarter is when the coaches are rolling out their game plans and what they've prepared for for the game. And Miami's just getting destroyed on both sides of the ball. Now, to their credit, they are making adjustments and doing things differently and better as the game goes on. Um, but Lashley, to me, is having a really tough year, and I don't know why. Uh, you know, he's kind of being exposed a little bit, but, uh, you know, obviously – I thought if you look back at last year, I think the Eric King bailed him out of some games. You know, last year very easily could have been a five-win season and nobody would have been saying anybody was great. Uh, you know, the Eric King had a great year last year. 
and bailed them out of a couple games and turned them turned losses into victories. And what you're seeing this year is those victories that he was turning converting from losses last year are showing up as losses this year. And you know, all these games are life or death. They're going down to the wire. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. And this year right. they're losing. They're losing right. this year. It, last year they right. won because of the Eric King. In I'm 2017, sorry, in 2017 they won them because Malik Rozier made a couple of great plays at the end of a couple of games. Right. And that's really unfortunate because you know a lot of these coaches, specifically Rats, um, you know Rhett Lashley. He, you know, people were talking, oh. Miami has a good year. There's a good chance he'll pick up some head coaching job at some uh, some bowl subdivision school or whatever. Oh, Miami will be looking for a new offensive coordinator and all this other stuff. That didn't pretty much come true. So now you look at it like this. All these coaches that are, you know, that took a chance on Miami, uh, the Jed Simpsons of the world, the, you know, the T-Robs of the world, even though T-Rob may always have a place to fall back on. These set, you, you know, what's transpiring now is pretty much it's setting these coaches back years. Years in I regards mean, to it, getting it, it, good it, jobs it, again. It, I mean, they're going to be looking, a lot of them could be looking for jobs, I agree. You know, I mean. Right. Um, yeah, I think Jeff Simpson will be able to get a job. I think T-Rob will be able to get a job. Uh, last it's little pickings we'll, for everybody else. Yeah, I think Lashley will get a job somewhere. I don't think he would get yeah, retained but here. No big, but not an FBS school, though. I can't see an well, FBS school know, seeing what he did at Miami with all that talent is going to take a chance at him. You never know. You never know. There's uh, not so much talent. Let me tell you something. It's like the talent is good enough because of who 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 they're playing every week. Not because right. the talent so great, just so you understand. Right, no, but I mean more of potential, more in terms of potential, because all mean, these kids they, coming out of high school were like high four-star, four-star kids. The NFL, we'll talk to Highsmith tomorrow night about this also, but the NFL yawns its talent at Miami right now. Right. You know, so. Well, Gary, as usual, thanks a lot. Keep me on hold. All right, BK, thank, thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, I want to take a moment here. Max Lopez, 21, has bombarded me with questions today on uh, the message boards at Kane Sports. So let me, uh, let me touch, touch on, on these things for him since he's got so much on his mind. Um, to know about Rudy Fernandez um, that can be gathered beyond the bio. Uh, Rudy Fernandez is the right-hand man of Julio Frank, the university president, and he's the guy that the president has tasked with uh, – overseeing an expanded role of the president's office in athletics. And uh, what that's going to mean is in the process of being determined. Uh, again, I wrote about it today. There's at least uh, a willingness to go bigger in athletics, invest in athletics. But I think that what we're seeing is they don't want to just throw money up against the wall. And that's smart business. Okay. The University of Miami has plenty of money. The, 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 you know, Donna Shalala took a lot of flack for different things during her tenure here, but one of the brilliant things she did do was invest in the U Health hospital business, which is now throwing off a lot of money. They're doing very well. The university itself is doing very well. They're, they've been getting a lot of applications, and a greater number of student, students 
who are accepted have actually been being admitted. Uh, I'm sorry, have actually been enrolling in the university, which creates a surplus of dollars coming into the university budget that is above and beyond what they were counting on. And so put it all together, it creates some problems in classrooms that are maybe a little overcrowded sometimes. But the bottom line is the University of Miami is doing very well financially, and they have money. But they don't want to just say, oh, geez, hey, we're going to throw $20 million at athletics and just throw it up against the wall. They want to plan. They want to use it wisely. Uh, Rudy Fernandez is heading up that effort. He's recruited um, a gentleman by the name of Jose Moss to, to work with him um, and uh, the other guy from the president's office. I'm forgetting his name at the moment. I'd have to look it up. Um, and they're expanding from there. And they're bringing in business leaders from the community to help them in different ways and to you know consult in this new – uh, new look athletic department. You know, we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to make any predictions. You know, the University of Miami has screwed up too many things through the years when it comes to athletics. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding. But I think that they at least have the right idea. And Rudy Fernandez is the guy uh, that's taking uh, the lead in all that. And so, you know, Rudy's an experienced guy in a lot of different areas. High finance is not one of them, but. I think he's got a Rolodex, and he's got the capability of putting a group of people together that can assist him in that regard. Okay, the, um, the next question was about the Moss brothers. And, uh, you know, Jose Moss and his, and his, and his, and his, um, and his brother have um, – his brother George, they've been very successful business people down here for a long time. They've built uh, – like when, when you're in a neighborhood and AT&T – needs to lay cable underground so that everybody in a new neighborhood can have high-speed internet, for example. It's probably the Moss Brothers company, Moss Tech, that's doing the work. And, you know, they're contractors for these type of companies around the country, and they do a lot of other different things, too. There's a whole lineup of things that Moss Tech does. It's a very big company, multi-multi-billion-dollar company, and these guys have a lot of experience in business, and... They're, uh, Jose Moss is a trustee, and that's why I think that they've been recruited to get involved. Uh, Max asked the question, why haven't they intervened prior to this? I think Jose Moss was one of the people that tried to get involved, and what I had heard was he was, he was one of a few people that were organizing to get the University of Miami to make a run at Mario three years ago. And Obviously, with the hasty hiring of Manny Diaz, which might have also been intended to ward off any outside attempt, like what was being formulated to go after Mario, uh, that never got started. Um, But now he is involved, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, The next question Max is asking, he says – Social media is pummeling everybody right now. Blake, Strawley, Epstein, Frank. Uh, is there any animosity from the president's office to Epstein and James uh, for the way that the Diaz hire was, was handled? Uh, I wouldn't say animosity is the word uh, because Frank – how can Frank have animosity towards anybody? He ultimately could have said no. I mean, it doesn't happen if Frank doesn't rubber stamp it through. Uh, I think since then, I'm guessing – 
that Frank has realized that he shouldn't be rubber stamping things. And I think he's been convinced and has learned how important athletics is to the South Florida community and the university. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. And, and I think, and I, you know, as crazy as it was, I think that Kirk Herbstreet rant on game day was what put them over the edge. I mean, they might have been part of the way there already, but being embarrassed like that on national television on such a high-profile show, I think, put them over the edge. And I think that's why a few days later the president made the announcement that he was tasking Rudy Fernandez and his other deputy, I think his name's Echeverria, to take a more active role in athletics and bringing the trustees, the president's office, and the athletic department uh, together, uh, I guess, in alignment, I guess is a good word to use. Uh, so uh, let's see. The next question Max asked is, big three sports have all underachieved under Blake James. Yes, they have. But basketball is an aberration to me because of the FBI thing that, that just absolutely I – mean, it was like dropping a nuclear bomb on them, put them out of business basically for a couple years. I am expecting Miami basketball to come back strong this year. I think they'll be a top five or six team in the ACC. Uh, they've, they've gotten a couple really good transfers in. Uh, they've got some very good players coming back, including Isaiah Wong, who many people say is all ACC preseason. And um, I think you're going to see Miami basketball come back strong this year. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to say they're all floundering. We'll see what happens with baseball. Um, but, you know my opinion on what happened with football. And, you know, no, no, I don't feel that Manny Diaz should have been thrown into this job. It was very flawed. And I think uh, you're seeing them pay for it a few years down the road. And then um, the last question Max asked had pertained to uh, Benny Blades and his potentially his meeting that's supposed to be coming up with the president and athletic director. And I don't really have much that I can say about that one. All right, so uh, 319-527-6768, 319-527-6768. You hit the one on your keypad. Come on the show. Let's go to the 256. You're live on GameSport Live. What's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Juan from uh, Huntsville, Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? What you got for us, man? I'm just going to keep it real short, man. Uh, do you ever watch ESPN where they be showing the games where it's always, like, real close and they show, like, uh, I guess it's, like, 30-minute increments? Yeah. Yep. That seemed like that's been Manny's whole whole career at Miami. We just been in <laughs> close games, close games, yeah, close man. games. That's that's just the way you know, I view it, man. If you like exciting close games, man, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, hey, when, if we get the victory, I mean, it's you know, it's fucking pretty awesome. But um, you know, this year, I mean, I just don't, I just don't know. It's just like last year, we were in a shitload of close games and we pulled those out. But this year, you know, we just can't do it. Um, I mean, the tackling's a hell of a lot more terrible this year than last year, and it was terrible last year. But you know, the offense was able to, you know through a lot more than this year, which we did have a healthy De'Aaron King until, you know, the tail end of the season. So, but, um, I mean, I haven't really listened to any press conferences, you know, after practice. I quit watching all of Manny's 
little press conferences. I don't want to hear from Rhett Lashley. I don't, I don't even want to hear from nobody, man. It's, it's just pretty I, – I just don't even know what to call it, you know. Like I said, I'm in the 256, so I'm in Crimson Whore Country, a.k.a., you know, Bamaville. So, you know, I, I still haven't stopped hearing about when we got our ass whooped by Alabama. So, I mean, do you know any reason as to why – you know, Gervin Hall still tackling his own teammates. I mean, is he on the NIL for other teams? I don't know. Just trying to figure that out. Do you hear anything about that? I don't think you. I don't think you're going to see too much more Gervin Hall. Okay. Okay. Many um, basically benched him the other day. He was horrendous. Okay. Um, now, what's going on with uh, Gervin? He was being asked to do stupid crap, like. Asking Irvin to cover Josh Downs one-on-one is just ridiculous. Indeed. So, um, what's up with Avante? Is he going to be seeing a lot more PT? Or I don't know, man. He's not, he's not really, or what? He, he's not really ready to play. I mean, you know, he missed training camp. He's, you know, he, he hasn't had the proper training. I don't think you're going to see a ton of Avante. Okay. All right. Uh, I just got one last thing, and it's it's kind of irrelevant, you know, as to far as uh, – well, actually, it's really not. Um, the Scooter guy, man, I, I just don't understand this kid. Uh, he needs some help, man. He needs some therapy yeah, or something. I, I, he I, thinks I that the shit that he's been saying the last two shows is not some racist shit. I, I don't really know what he's hearing. Yeah, I, I, maybe I don't, someone I don't else is speaking for him. I don't have any problem with his opinions, but when you start making racial remarks and you know calling calling people names and things like that, I, you know there's no there's no time for that here. I mean, I definitely have a problem does, with his. He, uh, he does it again; he's going to get hung up on because that was ridiculous tonight. I got a problem with everything he said, especially as far as like, I mean, everybody knows that High Smith is a legit candidate to you know run the be the athletic director of football or whatever the case may be. So I don't know why he's talking about, you think you're going to bring this guy in? I mean, Alabama knew once they got Nick Saban that they had a fucking good coach. And I'm not saying at all that the next coach we're going to bring in is Nick Saban. Please, please let me just get that through. But you can't tell me that Mario is not 30 times better than the shit that we're seeing, or he won't have it looking 30 times better than the shit we've been seeing every Saturday. No doubt about it. So, you know, like I said, man, it's been a long time since I called in and actually hit the one on the on the uh, dial tone. But I've been listening for the longest, and I've been watching, you know, the Lamar Thomas show and everything like that on YouTube. And you know, I just like to hear what the fans have to say because I know I'm not the only one that's thinking the same shit, and I've been hearing it. And um, real quick, before you put me on hold, shout out to Ross. I really like whenever he calls in and uh. The guy from the 305, uh, I forgot his name, the one that y'all always get into y'all's um, whole little spat all the time. Should be hilarious. Somebody, somebody, yeah, shout out to everything, him. Three, everything 305? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got a feeling he's next. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's next. I, I'm seeing a familiar, familiar number here next on the board, so that could be him. So he's smiling right now. He's happy that, if, 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 that he's being acknowledged. All right, man. Well, you can put me right, on hold, man. Hurricane Thanks for being for life, part of the man. show, man. Appreciate it. Yep, we'll talk to you next time. All right, 319-527-6768. 319-527-6768. You hit the one. 
on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 786. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up, buddy? Uh, doing good. Who's this? Gary. This yes. Is Flex, Gary. Hey, what's up, Flex? Flex what's up, Flex. my man? Hey, how, hey, how are you? Hey, uh, real doing quick, good. Gary, get right into it. Yeah, that article that you wrote, uh, yeah, I really liked it. It kind of uh, it kind of started touching on the uh, conversation that me and you had a few weeks back about the administration and that this problem is, uh, like you said, it's deep. It's administration deep. The only thing I, the only thing I want to say, Gary, is uh, so Rudy, so Fernandez and uh, Echeverria are going to be uh, Julio Frank's liaisons. The problem I have is that, Gary, I think that we actually – well, first let me ask you this. Gary, who hires the university president? How's the university the, president the, the, I mean, the board, like, the, board, the board of trustees. So now, so, so, listen, so, so watch this. If you go back 18 years ago to the president that we had back then and the AD that we had, which would have been Foote and Jankovic, is that right? Okay, so the leadership at the top – which in football, whether it be NFL or be NCAA big time college football, if the thing about football is if 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 the if the administration isn't right, just like in in, in the NFL, if the owner and GM aren't right in the NFL, you can't win. And it's the same thing in college football. When Shalala was hired, it, it it I mean proof was in the pudding. She was there for I don't know what was it, sixteen years or, or fifteen years or whatever it was. And the program consistently went down, down, down because the, because the leadership at the top, as far as athletics go, Shalala was good in other areas. Uh, of course she was. But as far as athletics go, she wasn't very good, which is why if it comes from the top, Shalala hired bad AD after bad AD. It trickles, basically what I'm saying is it trickles down. So now moving on, now we have this Julio Frank guy, right? And I, to- I spoke about him a couple weeks ago when I told you about his background, his background not being anything, you know, racial, but just about football. He's from Mexico City. It's just that and the other. His background isn't football. It's just like if you or I were the president of an, of, of an, of, of an athletic uh, 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 program at a university in Mexico, and, we, and mm-hmm. soccer is their thing. You and I are not soccer people. We're from the United – you get what I'm saying? It starts at the top in football. So now we got – we have – uh, Frank, who's going to say that Fernandez, Echeverria, I tried to look into their backgrounds. I couldn't get a lot, but I don't see a lot of athleticism, uh, things about athletics there. Uh, Fernandez, yeah, I've I read what you wrote, and then I dug a little deeper about these guys. I couldn't get a lot. Um, and it just doesn't, to me, Gary, I think we need a whole new president because everything in football starts at the very, very top, which is well, why I brought up Shalala. going to try to be an expert on athletics. But what but he is, thing, what stop, he is Gary, trying stop, to do stop, is stop. he's trying to his office in the operations of the athletic department, and part of that could be to raise the level of talent in the athletic director's office too. Now, they but, haven't said but, that yet, but Gary, but Gary, and, and I Gary, don't know if that will be the Gary, case. But wait, wait, get, wait, 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 Gary. Wait, wait, listen. But here's the thing, Gary. He's going to try and raise it. What does he – see, you're, you, see, you're missing the point. It starts right with him. What does he know? Who does he know to go out and say, hey, let me pick this guy to help me out? He doesn't know anything, and not because he's – not because, you know, he's, you know, you know dumber. It's nothing like that. It's just football. 
like I, I like I've been looking at since I read your article even before your article. Like I said, I spoke to you about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm and, and the article you wrote was just perfect. I looked at the Ohio State's president. I looked at Georgia's president, Alabama's president. All of these guys go back and dig into their president, right? They they have at least if you dig far enough where they even played high school football. You know what I'm saying? They played uh, some of them played a little college football, things of that nature. And that and what that gives is it gives you. I'm sure you understand where I'm going with this. It it gives them a competence of football and athletics in the United States, athletics in the community, football more importantly in the community. So with that being said, I don't. I still don't trust unless they do what you said to do from the beginning, which I commend you on, which is hire Alonzo Highsmith and put him in that athletic department. Because think about this. Julio Frank, what athletic to, athletic director of a major college football program with the history of the University of Miami would give a guy like Blake James, whose his background said that he should have never been the AD at Miami, never. I look at the background of the AD at Alabama, same thing at Georgia. These guys have so much experience at many different colleges in the athletic department. Blake was a damn sales main or whatever the hell he was. He had no business even – but once again, that came from Shalala because, once again, the leadership at the top effed up. Now we got the leadership at the top again, Frank, who's now saying Fernandez and Echeverria. Who the hell is Fernandez and Echeverria? So we're, I'm going to pick those guys, and those guys are going to pick – it's just going to be I, – I, I don't see it happening. Well, I see them throwing money at it, yeah, until – unless, like you said, they do – the one thing that I totally agree with you on, and that's put Highsmith in there and let Highsmith guide them, not Rudy Fernandez, not Echeverria. Those guys don't know shit. They don't know shit. In football, at that level, it has to be at the top down, just like in the NFL. If your GM and your owner and your, uh, uh, your front office ain't right, you can't win at the highest level. There's too much competition. It's too much competition. It's too much money. It's too important, so forth and so on. And so – the university needs a whole new president. They need they need a new president. They need now, well, they, they don't. Cannot... I mean, they if they if they get a whole new president, and there was talk of that for a while. I don't know where that stands now, but uh, it's not going to be because Julio Frank is not an athletics guy. What would it be because then? Uh, it would be, be you know for for other reasons that they have, and I'm not really up to speed on like that, what? quite frankly. Like I, I can't. I, I can't talk about it, Flex, because I don't. I don't know, and I don't want to. I'm not going to talk okay. about my butt. Right. You know, okay. it's like okay. I don't know. I, there, there were there, Flex. There were some issues. I don't know what they were. I, I can't remember. I, okay, I okay, got you. Fun, but, but I don't. Remember. But do you? But let me ask you, Gary. Do you understand where I'm coming from about at the top down? Is it making sense to you what I'm saying about? Steve yeah, Salilla, I mean it's a huge. Yeah, yeah, of course it makes sense. The biggest problem that they have is there's nobody on campus that has any clue what a real big-time athletics program is supposed to look and like. Once, and once again, Gary, it starts at the top. If you have a yes, president – Yeah, well, there's nobody. Man, go from the top to the bottom, there's nobody. So then how can – Gary, so here's my point. How can we truly move forward to the level that you think that we should be at and that we can get to, which I agree with you, how can we get there when that's the very, very top the guy making the decision, where are we going? You, 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 you can't, Flex. You can't. And it has nothing to do with it, the president. 
Um, that's why ultimately I think if, they, if they're going to invest more money, if they're going to invest more money and they're going to take this program to the next level and, and make it an even bigger business than what it already is, that's why I said early in the show, I don't know that Blake James survives that because I don't think that, that that's his wheelhouse. But, but Gary, Gary, listen, Gary, I keep asking you, though, right? You said it, it doesn't matter. How? If at the top, who hires and fires the athletic director? The president, right? The board of tr- the yes, the president, yes. The pre- okay, so and, how- and you might get you know you might get others at the board of trustees involved. You know, it depends. The they pre- can do they, you know, like they can do it however it, they it, want. I'm sure, but like, hey, the president his his title is president for a reason. I mean, that's he's supposed to be the leader of the program. But anyway, let me move on. I, you know, let, let me move on. I, I think I made my point there about that. Um, Gary, just real, real quick, I keep touching on this because you keep saying it, and I don't know why you keep saying it. Uh, someone brought up Oklahoma State uh, earlier tonight, and they brought up how uh, we were comparable in talent. Well, no, we're not. If you look at, and I keep saying this, Gary, we don't have the talent to win a national championship, but we have the talent to dominate the Coastal Division, according to recruiting services, according to the NFL players drafted, according to the last 10 years that we put players in versus everybody else that we play, so forth and so on. We don't have the talent to win a national championship, but we have the talent to win 10 games every year. And like, okay, and but here, it, it, so I, I don't think we do. Example, Flex, Flex, I don't agree with you in here. I'm going to tell you why. Um, I get what you're trying to say, but I don't agree with you, and here's why. There's too many holes. There's just too many holes. And Gary, you're going to be – Gary. Wait, let me finish, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. The, um, the, there's too many holes. <laughs> and, my point, and, and my point is that every week the matchups are different. Like the matchups against Virginia are not the same as they were against North Carolina. The matchups against North Carolina State on Saturday will be different than they were against Virginia and North Carolina. And when you have the, a number of holes and problems that Miami has, for example, on the offensive line, which is average as can be, on the defensive line, which is pretty average, at linebacker where you're absolutely no place, if, if somebody has the personnel to exploit Miami's linebackers, the Canes are in huge trouble, okay? Um, so, Gary, so explain to me. That, so that's bottom line. And then, you're seeing, and then Gary, what you've been seeing this year, wait a minute, Flex. And then what you've been seeing this year as well, which you probably didn't anticipate, is that the safeties are not very good either. So my point is oh that you have holes all it's over not. the place. You know, so now, now you're having to put a true freshman it's on the not. field of safety. And, you it's know, not. he's only, so only going to do so much. I mean, you know, it's, he's going to make mistakes. It's not, it's not. He's got flags. So let me, let me you, talk, let, and then I'll give you the mic back. Give me a minute. So – like you're putting now, you're putting James Williams out there at safety. For example, he's going to look great on some plays. <laughs> he's going to make mistakes on others, and then he's going to he's, he's going to get four he's going to get four personal foul penalties because he doesn't know how to channel his aggression at this point. Um, so my point my point is this: like, there's a lot of holes on this team, okay? And different teams are going to exploit them in different ways. And when you're capable of being exploited like that, you're not winning every game. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Now, my thing is this. Every team has holes. And once again, you want it both ways. So all I'm saying to you is this. I heard all that what you said, all that jibber-jabber. If you look at the recruiting rankings, which is what everyone goes by, if you look at there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chart out that, that says that in order to win a national championship in, 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 in college football, you have to have 50% or more of blue chippers on your roster. 
Miami is one of 14 teams in the country that has fit over 50% of blue chippers on this roster. How are they defining blue chippers? How are they defining blue chippers? What's a blue chipper? They're defined. A blue chipper is all three all three major recruiting services, four stars or higher. Miami has okay. 55%. Miami has 55 I think they're 13, as a matter of fact, or 12, something like that. Miami has 55%. Alabama had like 80, 89%. Um, I think second was Ohio State had like 82%, so forth and so on. So this is what I'm saying. And then after that, Gary, if you look at the NFL draft, every year, even if the players aren't drafted from Miami, they get on rosters, they make rosters. We continually have the top – we have the most players in the NFL, top ten in the country every year. And this is – this is we're far, we're far gone from the glory years. Every year. So all I'm saying to you is it doesn't add up what you're saying. You keep saying it's this, but, 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 but as far as recruiting and players go, that go to the NFL, it says a different story. So what's right? It's got to be what I'm looking at in recruiting and in the NFL. Miami okay, doesn't want, have, and I'll. You want Miami my opinion on have, that, or, or no? Do you want my opinion on that, or no? You're gonna say, go, I'll, yeah. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Okay, all right, here's my opinion on that. Okay, it's a little skewed because, to me, and Don't I've been it. now. Wait, hey, guy, will you stop interrupting me? I asked you before I started. Do you want my opinion? You said yes. Let me tell you my opinion. I've been in this business since the beginning of recruiting rankings, and the thing that I've noticed that I think is flawed is that there's too many four stars. Um, you know, they start out for, with a blank slate every year and you've got like 25 to 35, five stars every year. And, and I think that's a good, that's a good number. It's like, you need to be the elite of the elite theoretically to, to be a five star. And it's not a perfect system. Even at that level, like you see five stars flaming out all the time. Look at the ones Miami's gotten in Lingard, Pope, like five stars, are no, there's no guarantees there either. But now, here's where I think the problem is. There are 200 to 250 four stars every year. That's too many, Flex. And that's where that the rankings break down to where people are making declarations like what you're talking about. Because you could have a bunch of four stars that are down in like the 200 to 250 range and things like that, that might not, that might not really be great, great players, but they're going to show up on recruiting rankings as great, great players. And that can throw the whole thing out of whack and it can create, because like to use those statistics, it could create expectations that might not be founded on reality. That's my opinion. Hey, Gary, Gary, you're speaking. You're talking out of both sides of your, your of your mouth. You can't have it both ways. But I'll move on. What are you talking? What are you talking? About? Last thing, when I say recruiting I'm, has to be I'm, better, I'm, I'm not talking, talking about star rankings, dude. I, I don't no, give five flying diddlies about star rankings. I see way too many coaches get fired because they recruit off a list like that. I'm talking about Alabama. quality see, evaluation see, of players. I'm Gary, not. Gary, I'm not talking has, about star rankings. To, bro, there has to be some truth to it. Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State lead in this category. Who, who's winning all of the national championships? And Clemson. Clemson has like 70-some percent blue chippers or close to 80%. When you're, when you're at that level it. and you're getting 75 80% of your players, obviously so so, so obviously your, it, your, your chances are pretty good, right? You're talking about 1% so to 2% of college football is capable bro, of doing so, that. Bro, so there's truth to it. It's still truth to it, Gary. But anyway, let's move on. Cause when I, I when the numbers then, are, then the, even, are to that level, absolutely there's truth to it. 
bro, well, I you're can talking even about one percent of the teams that play college football that are capable really, I can even go to, of recruiting at that level. I can even Miami, go to the numbers. Miami of players. should be one of them. Miami should be one of them. I, I can even go to the numbers of the players in the NFL, and and I'll still prove it to you. It's not recruiting. Miami will recruit well enough to win, but if they if they win, then the recruiting will go up. You got to get the coach first. It's coach, coach, coach. Once you get the coach, if the coach wins ten games a year, nine games a year, gets to the coastal, uh, wins the coastal, gets to the ACC championship, then that builds the recruiting. Flex. You ain't gonna get the recruit, but let's let's move on. Let's let's, let's agree. Would you, would, you, would you agree if I told you that Miami through the years did some of its best recruiting when it wasn't winning? Would you agree or not agree? When it, of course, I ran, I seen Randy do it. No, no, I'm not even talking about Randy. I'm talking about Butch. When Butch came no, here no. and put together maybe the best team in college football history, when they Butch, weren't winning. Look, Those, look, they, look, they, look, they weren't winning. I think they, they weren't winning at all. But understand they didn't win until the Butch, fourth and fifth year of Butch. Gary, the amount of money and resources, right, that's dumped into recruiting now, right, is not like it was when Butch was at Miami in the mid in the mid '90s into the early 2000s. See, back then, the, uh, and Ed Reed, or who else did Bush recruit back then? That was uh, Andre Johnson, the, all, all of those guys. Like, those, those guys that were recruited back then, they weren't discovered by everybody now. Now, no, now it's very difficult to hide players now, to hide recruits now. It's very difficult Agreed. now because of the, the amount of resources being pumped into recruiting services. You're talking about yep. a, it probably is a billion-dollar industry now. So it's it's totally not just recruiting services, Flex. It's not just recruiting services. All those schools that you mentioned that are at the top that are doing 75 80, 85%, you know what they have? They have massive recruiting departments in their building. Exactly. Exactly. At the level of evaluation taking place is at the NFL level. That's why I was such a proponent of bringing Alonzo Highsmith into the building a couple of years ago, because I felt that Alonzo could put together an NFL scouting department. Exactly. I, I agree. I agree. But, but Gary, I just totally disagree with you. And, I, and even, even if I t- – last thing on that before I move on and get off your line. Last thing of that yeah, is even if, you said, even, up, even if you said, okay, the recruiting is skewed, what about the players in the NFL? Miami continuously puts players into the NFL. Two this year, three next year, four the year after that, three again. More no than every, more, more. So, so then, once again, it's coaching. It's not players. Moving but, on. But okay, that's, indiv- that's a couple individuals. That's that's not volume. They got to get back to volume. You got to you got to get back to volume. The way you do it is you in the program, oh, get a big, a bigger, yeah. better personnel that's department, true. and and you got to get a head coach that carries a stick in recruiting and could go battle it out with the big guys. All right, Gary, man, I want to ask you something. Gary, I got to ask you one last thing, Gary. I got to ask you one last thing. Why don't you like Lane Kiffin for, for, for the job at Miami? And I've so heard many other too much. Do? I, I, I've heard too much about him as a human being that that makes wait, me wait, know wait. that he would be a massive, massive risk for the University of Miami. If, That's Nick, if, Nick, if Nick Saban, if he's good enough, for Nick Saban to hire. Nick Saban had a lot of problems with Lane Kiffin. Black. They had a, what, what they, problems they, did he they, have? They, they weren't all revealed, but they had a lot of problems at Alabama with Lane what Kiffin. What problems did he have? What problems did they have? I'm not. I'm not going to lay them out because I'm not. I'm. You know. I, I've heard it secondhand, because and I'm not, not going true, to. Because you can't prove it. Black, come on, proof. man. You're being way too adversarial, dude. 
Like, I'm just trying to tell you something. Okay, I know people that have been at Alabama. I know people at Alabama. I have heard stories about it. I'm not going to talk about it on this show and, and speak in a disparaging way about a head football coach at Ole Miss. I'm just telling you from my perspective and from what I've heard, that would be a major risk for the University of Miami. If you're asking me my opinion, that would be my opinion. No. Just like at Orgeron, same thing. I would say no. All right, man. Hey, let's continue this next week, all right? Give us a call next week, man. Thanks for thanks for being part of the show. All right, 319-527-6768. 319-527-6768. You hit the one on your keyboard if you if you want a keypad, I guess I should say, if you want to come on the show. Um, let's go to the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how we doing in that gear? Doing great. Who's this? It's Will. I'm going to keep it short like I always do. What's I just want to touch on it, Hey, I'm doing fine, doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, I just want to touch on two things real quick. Uh, I'll listen to your uh, uh, iPad this morning, and I'll also, you know, on this show here tonight, I, you know, I heard a couple of comments you're making. I just want to ask you a question. When the University of Miami hired uh, – Manny Diaz is head coach. You was critical of that day one because they didn't they didn't do a national search, right? They didn't do a national search. I agree, and I know what you're going to say now. But they also put somebody in the office that didn't have the qualifications, so it was a double win. Okay, but hold on. Like, how, do just, how do you just hand the job to somebody that has no credentials and has no resume to support? giving them that job. And, and so that was the first thing. And then, the, and then the fact that they, that they reached that conclusion without even taking five minutes to see who would be interested in the job was crazy. But it sounds like, so, so, and correct so Will, me if I'm wrong. Now is how do you, how do you go after Mario Cristobal without a national search? Is that what you're going to say? Exactly. Exactly. I understand what you're saying. I mean, you, you can't have it all ways, right? Hold on. Earlier tonight, one of your one of your callers touched on this briefly. One of your callers touched on this briefly earlier tonight. And this is just my personal opinion. We're all entitled to our opinion. But thus thus far in his head coaching career, thus far in his head coaching career, he is not the coach that you're making him out to be, uh, Gary. He, he he's not. I mean, a caller earlier tonight right. was trying to – and well, I'm not here, saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying no, he's no, not he a good, is, coach. He That's a good coach. coach. He's a good coach. Is he the best X and O guy in college football? No. Here's, here, here's, what, here's what I see. I see a guy that's the perfect fit for Miami. Uh, he's a Miami guy. Why is that? Why yeah. is that? Because well, that's what man, people say about him. Why does anybody want to let me answer tonight? Come on, man. Don't cut me off. I'm going to tell you what, why, okay, I, why I'm so sold. I'm going to tell, tell you why I'm so sold on Mario, if you, if you let me do it. Okay. Um, he, he's right. a Miami guy, has deep connections all throughout the community, is extremely well-respected um, by everybody you know, in, in the local football community, um, would make an enormous impact locally in recruiting, um, understands how to recruit at the highest levels of the sport, has done it for many, many years now at Rutgers, Miami, Alabama, um, has been one of the best recruiters in the country, is considered one of the best recruiting head coaches in the country right now. Um, I've watched the guy work. I've seen a guy that has an incredible feel for hiring assistants, 
Uh, somebody was making a point, I think on the message board, the Kane Sport, how a few of his assistants are under consideration for the head coaching job at Washington State now. Um, he understands uh, the, the importance and the value of hiring the best people. You will not see him take the University of Miami job if he doesn't have the resources to hire the best coaches and bring them to Miami. Uh, you know, what, what else? I've seen, a, I've seen a guy that continues to evolve as a head coach who's always looking to get better, who's always studying, who's always going to see places where they are successful and learn how and why they're successful. That's why he, he went to work for Nick Saban at Alabama, uh, where he studied under the best and learned how to run a program at that level. He's got, he's got the entire blueprint. Um, he, he's now a Saban disciple who understands how to run a program of that level, and he can bring that blueprint to Miami. Um, I think that he, if you take a guy like him that could uh, vastly improve local recruiting to where Miami is getting the majority of the top players here as opposed to losing them. And then you take his recruiting ability, which resulted in getting the top player in nine different states last year in a COVID year. And if you look at the way they're recruiting this year as well, this is going to be the third or fourth straight year that they are recruiting at a upper tier level in college football, right up there with Alabama and Georgia. Um, he's recruiting as well as any of them. And, uh, you put all of that together into one human being that can come be the head coach of Miami. I am all in, man. Will, I am all in on that. I don't see a close second. I don't see. I don't see. Uh, I don't see anybody even close to the, what this guy, um, the fit that this guy is for the University of Miami. And those and those are just some of the reasons why. If, if I took the time to list more, I could. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me. Okay. Let me touch on one thing real quick. And I realize we're talking hypotheticals here. If if Miami couldn't get Mario Cristobal, who would you like them to take a look at? I'm just curious to know. I think I think you got to do a national search and you got to see who's interested. I I, I don't think you well, can answer that question. Comes to mind when I, I don't you think that. you can answer that question, Will, until you know who's interested in the in the job, right? Okay, I'm going to out there want to come to Miami. Well, I, I wanted my last point is uh, when you when you 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 point out how you know greater how good of a recruiter he is. I want to point make three points real quick. Margaret, fifteen years at Georgia, all these top ten recruiting classes, no national title, never even played for one. Bob Stoops, eighteen years at uh, Oklahoma, all these top ten recruiting classes. One national title. Mac Brown, 16 years at Texas. All these top 10 recruiting classes, one national title. Upon saying that, thank you for taking my call. Wait, wait, don't hang up yet because I have a question for you. I, okay, I all right. All right. I'll now, hear you. Why, why did Georgia, why was Georgia able to take it up a notch when Mark Rick left and they hired Kirby Smart? Why was Georgia able to take it up a notch? Would you agree they've taken it up a notch right now? I mean, they're, they're, they've taken I, it up a notch. I would, right? I would agree a hundred. I would agree a hundred percent. I think. Why do, I think, why do you think uh, that is? Well, I don't think it has anything to do with recruiting. I just think that you know, my personal it has, opinion. It has everything to do with recruiting. He was able to. He was able to come in there. And bring that dog out in there. Mark Rick was too. He was too laid back. He, he was too laid yeah. back. 
Kirby well, Smart that has, has come everything to do with recruiting. Kirby Smart brought the Alabama recruiting system to Georgia. Just like Which Mario Cristobal would bring the Alabama recruiting system to Miami. What, what's right, the Alabama recruiting well, they just they it, it involves a lot of layers of staffing, how they attack it, how they interact with athletes, how they interact with coaches, um, how they support their coaches, and um, layers of of responsibilities and things like that. It's a very it's 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 a it's a complicated blueprint. It's 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 at a whole different level than what's going on at Miami right now. I agree. I agree. I All mean, right, Will. I'm not trying to compare let's, Miami to Alabama. I, I, Thank I you for it, taking I the call. I hope it happens here. I, I want to see this program get back for all you guys, uh, you know, for, for, for everybody, everybody at every level. I want to see this program get back. I understand it's not being run at a level even close right now, and they need to get some people in the building that understand how it's supposed to be run and will execute that. And I think if they do that, you will see results very quickly. All right, Will, thanks for being part of the show, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. All right. 319-527-6768. 319-527-6768. We go into hour number three, and we'll start hour number three in the 423. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 423, you with us? Going once. Go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, my friend, how are you? Hey, what's up, everything? How are you, man? I'm I'm doing great, Gary. I'm doing great. Uh, having a couple of issues connecting with, I guess it's a different phone number tonight. So, apologize yeah, for that. And there, some... was, there, 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 yeah, there was a, there was major major technical problems tonight that I've been working through. Um, but well, I appreciate you always giving us this opportunity, Gary. Sorry about the uh, mix-up. No problem. Oh, um, listen, from what I've been able to listen to so far tonight, some really good calls and some 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 calls that really make us question things as a whole. But I, I think we've we've gotten to the a point where it's 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 just very um it's very difficult to accept that uh, you know that that this season is over, and it's probably been over for quite some time. But you know, Gary, you got to feel for these these kids. Um, these these student athletes that, um, especially the young ones that are really really working hard, uh, and and things are evolving in a direction that um, that uh, it, it isn't positive, not just for the program but individually, collectively for all these coaches, their families, these players. It's just it's a real rough time right now, um, and you just hope that there's going to be a way. Uh, that they can they can put it all together this weekend. Uh, I know how good NC State is on both sides of the ball. They play great complementary football, um, Gary. But if there was ever if there was ever a game you got to win, it's this weekend uh, for a lot of reasons. And I'm just hoping that these kids and coaches are able to you know to get on the same page on every snap not just on Saturday, but hopefully throughout this week in practice, throughout their film sessions, that they're really able to go ahead and come up with a winning uh, a winning uh, recipe for Sun, for Saturday, Gary. It's just, you uh, know what the key word, the, the, the key two words that you just said are, in my, you know, I, that I like? You said every snap. <laughs> because one, one good play, one bad play isn't going to cut it. 
Yeah, it's what you do collectively. It's what you do on, as a whole. And, and everything starts in practice. And we've got this implementation of all this youth now, you know, on defense, on offense, on specials. You're seeing more and more of these young kids involved. And he's gotten to the point, Manny Diaz had, that, you know, at this stage you have no other choice. And about three weeks ago, you and I talked about this, there will come a point in time where, it's no longer productive, not just performance-wise, but in theory, to have your older guys getting those snaps when we've seen their body of work. And instead of things getting better, they're they're getting worse. And a good teacher always looks at their grades. You know, if you give a you're a chemistry teacher and and you give a test, you give a quiz leading up to a module, and you see that the results are oh, they're, they're typical, they're average. And then that last week before you give the test, man, everybody, the, the, the curve falls, everything, everybody's production falls in that test. you got to go back as a teacher find out what did I do different, if you really care about these kids, which most teachers do, what did I do different that caused this? Was I sick? Did I have an attitude? Was there something external? Was something internal? You've got to go through all those things. And, and – when you look at these players, to be upper class and, and to, to, to be playing as poorly as you're playing, um, I looked at a local guy who has a, a great segment and he breaks everything down, and I'm looking at Bubba Bolden saying, what is this? I didn't even see this on Saturday. I saw maybe one play of him being non-existent in a play. But, man, Gary, it's gotten so bad that you're looking at these guys that could have been, you know, a fifth or a sixth rounder last year, and they're playing so bad that true freshmen are head and shoulders better than they are right now. They're producing better than these kids. It's not to pick on Bubba Bolden because I think it's a, it's a, it's a snapshot of what's occurred with all these upperclassmen, at every, whether it's offense or defense. And you've got to ask yourself, what is happening? And, and, and that's the big question. And it, unfortunately – we don't have time for an answer. We've got to win games. So with that in mind, the infusion of the young talent, uh, whether it hasn't been tainted yet by his instruction or teaching, we have to rely on that for the next six games. That's all we have. Well, it's good because, you know, it, it'll give them a chance to develop. I mean, they'll, they'll make mistakes and they'll have to live through their mistakes. But, uh, you know, you, they need to develop the young talent. So, you know, when a guy like Gervin Hall is so consistently playing poorly, you got to get James Williams and Cam Kitchens out there. So, unfortunately, well, they, I they have can't a question do it about Gary. My question to you, though, I mean, we we, we talked years ago. I, I want to say it was before Mark was hired, and you and I had a long discussion about. I was really a major proponent of Mario. I felt that he had had. A, a good body of work. I thought he had worked under some really good people. I thought he had been able to really grasp how to run a program based on being with Bama all those years. Um, and again, we would always be, you know, I was always be told that, well, you know, how hard is it to coach in Alabama or how hard is it to recruit Alabama? And I'm like, I always emphasize to everyone, do you realize what he accomplished at FIU? And nobody really, really, very few. No, they all they want all they want to do is rip them on, rip them on the record. <laughs> it's like they don't right. Want to, I mean, right. the weight room like, was a broom closet. I was there. I saw it. Like <laughs> it was a joke. Gary, 
after Strzok left and Hardy left, there was 32 scholarships left. That's what he had. I know. 32. Try having a Division One program. So if you look at what he was able to accomplish, that on its own merit, I kept on telling you, this is what separates him from everyone else. It's almost like Howard had Howard came here and just it was a renaissance of football we had there, of all sports rather, but he really put, put us on the map and he did the same thing over there. So there were some traits that I saw that were similar, and they were always dismissed, like you just emphasized, by the record. He goes to work with Nick Saban, who has pretty much created the contemporary blueprint of running a championship organization, period, let alone if it's college football. And, yes, I know. I know recruiting-wise people get cars and all those things. I get it. But still, the body of work is there. He was ready, I think, <laughs> five years ago he was ready. I really, I really, six years ago he was ready. I, and, and you and I differed on that. But well, no, no, ago, I had no problem with it. But here's, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say, everything. When they hired um, Mark Rick, you know, Mario, the Mario today was not the Mario of, I guess it would be, what, five, uh, six years ago now? Six years when, ago, when yeah. Mark agreed, Rick, agreed. When Mark Rick was hired. I mean, Mario, the Mario of today is so much further advanced than the Mario six years ago. Now, when they hired Manny three years ago, that Mario of three years ago should have gotten the job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if they had given Absolutely. him the job – you would see Miami at the level now that you're seeing Oregon. And, and I, I want to say this. It's not to attack a person because I'm, I'm not about that. I just go based on what my perception is. And you're very similar at this. I think that the personal issues between two people, whether they were professional, unprofessional, whatever they may be, put us in this situation. I really believe that, Gary, and I will – I've emphasized here on several occasions what, what transpired and what ha- really happened, but that is one situation that I think has put us in the hole that we're in because he was the right guy. And if that wasn't there, maybe our former head coach, uh, uh, maybe Al Golden, is able to be convinced we've got to go elsewhere with our defensive personnel and format because that guy does have a great brain. He does know what it takes to create a winning program. And you just wonder, what if that situation would have never transpired and we would have paid the man a decent amount of money? Would we still be here in this situation today? Would Al Golden would have had success and won the ACC once or twice? Who knows? Al Golden so would have been fine if he, if he wasn't wedded to the Opria. Right. And that's my point. I think Mario would have been a guy that could have said, hey, this is not going to function. We've got to go this way. I think he has a strong enough voice based on not just him being a, a, a cane, but him understanding this community and this state in terms of recruiting, in terms of all the operation it takes to be successful. Because he had done it for several years at FIU for three years in a row. I think that maybe, just maybe, Al's – perception might have changed a little bit and a little self-reflection and say, we've got to go in a different direction. I, maybe I'm wrong here. I'm probably well, wrong here. But it's just, here's, it's here's what, what I'll tell you about Al, because I, you know, I, up until the end when things went bad for him, I mean, Al and I were pretty tight, and I, I, I was able to have a lot of really long conversations with him about different things. And um, he, his 
attitude about D'Onofrio was that they were like business partners. Like they came to Miami together. That was his boy. And he wasn't going to turn on him. And at the end of the day, it cost him his head coaching career because, uh, you know, D'Onofrio was, was not good enough as a defensive coordinator. Although uh, Hurley Brown was on the Lamar Thomas show last, last week and, and, and started talking about how great D'Onofrio was. And I love Hurley Brown, man. He's one of my favorites. And, but I mean, I almost like choked on, on the microphone, man. I, I it's like, uh, that guy w- was such a bad fit. It's not, you know, and, and he failed at Houston too. It's not like this was the only place he failed. And right. mm-hmm. he took out golden, da- he took out golden down and, you know, it, Al Golden had so much potential as a head coach. I really, I really believe that. I, I was very impressed with how organized he was, how, how hard he worked. Yep. And, and, and I thought if he had just had a little bit better coaching staff that he could, he could have made it and uh, yep. just could just couldn't mm-hmm. quite put that together. Yeah. That's a shame. I, I just, I, I but, really but remember who was, first, who was his first offensive coordinator. Do you remember? Al Golden's Al Golden. first offensive coordinator. You know, Gary, you just got me, you got me off guard. I am not recalling anything Jed, right now. Sorry. Jed, Jed, Jed Fish. Oh, that's right. The, 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 Who's the gone on to a long to career in the NFL and now is the head coach yeah. at Arizona. Yeah, yeah, own six right now, but he, he's going to build something. I really, well, they, I, really like I, know, I, I know some they of those guys out there. It, you, you talk about a dumpster fire, man. That program is a joke. A they dumpster. literally have kids crying on the sidelines, you know, over having to do, uh, you know, uh, lift weights during the week and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's a, it, that that program is in such a mess. But they've got a plan. They've got a plan. Uh, to we, start addressing. We, we, we love seeing our local guys come out of here, with Gary. And go on to college football, whatever, and, and do well. And he's gone to college. He's gone to the pros. He's a good guy, and we know that he's got those abilities. I think he will turn it around. I don't think they'll they'll be winning a pack twelve titles. He may, too, yeah, but right. He will exactly. become a he may, he may turn around. He might not. You know, but you know, I, I'm there's not one name that could help him right away, though, Gary. There's one name right now that if he were smart, he'd be all the the entire state of Arizona should be on, it. and that's to bring this kid back home from Norman and bring him back over there, let him be the man and hit that portal hard. And he could actually get something accomplished next year. It was that, that, that dream isn't too far fetched. We'll see. All right. Best, you got anything else? That's pretty good. Last, yeah. Last thing with Mario right now at this stage, um, do you think if the plans were to be aligned perfectly, uh, Blake goes on to become the the, vi- the vice provost at Maine or something like that. Okay, and we get a new AD. Do you think? Do you think Mario, even if he wins the pack the Pac-12 title once again and gets to a Rose Bowl, do you think he really even considers coming back home? Um, I think it depends. I mean, if the university is all in, if they're if if when. They understand when they're when they're informed about what they need to do to make this program relevant today in, in terms of budgets and things like that. If they don't blink, and I, you know, I'm guessing it probably is going to involve maybe an, an extra five million dollars a year of investment. If if they don't blink and they let him set it up, set the program up properly, I do think he would consider coming here. But but that wouldn't happen if Blake were to still be involved. I don't know. I, I, that I don't have the answer. Yeah. yeah it's a point. I got you, brother. 
I got you. I mean, I, Gary, I, I, think score, a, I, have... I think there's a willingness. I think there's a willingness by the university to do to 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 to, un, to learn. Like I think right now, as we're sitting here, they don't understand or know what it takes. I think they have a willingness to learn what it takes. Um, I think they have a willingness to invest the money. Uh, whether Blake is going to be overseeing that or can oversee it, that I don't have the answer to. I got one last thing, Gary. I'm, I'm going to pick our Canes this weekend. I'm going to pick the upset. Uh, 28-17 is my final score. And I think Tyler Van Dyke starts off his first possession with a TD uh, involving, right, that, involving that, Mr. Brandon. Enough. I, that, I, I, let's I, put it that down. I, I think, I, I, think I might that's take okay. that score up into the 30s or 40s, but, uh, yeah. All right. I got a feeling, Gary. I got a feeling, brother. Be well. No, I, don't, I, I agree. They're, they're home, man. When you're home, you've got a shot to beat anybody. All right, everything. Amen. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. Let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, yo, Gary, it's Scooter. Yes, sir. Hey, man, I oh, just want to shout in like what you did earlier. How you, how you, hung, really? or you, you hanged up on me. You started calling me a racist and everything. Dude, you were, you, so, you, you, you called an no, African American. No, 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 no. I said, you, I said, you, hey, said you dude, looked, you're gone. Goodbye. Everybody, everybody heard you. Everybody said the same thing. Let's go to the, um, well, four, you two, three. Me racist, you're live on Kate's Four Lives. I mean, this guy's insane. Can you believe this? Oh, <laughs> four, two, three. You're live on Kate's Four Lives. How you doing tonight? You, you with us? What's up, Mary? You still listening to that class? Turn your volume down. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You got to turn that volume down. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. I can you hear me. Yes, I can. Who's this? Uh, this is Easy Green, man. What's good? What's up, man? How you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm bombed as everybody else is, man. So I got to ask you something, though. You keep on putting an emphasis about recruiting, but I want to put one bigger emphasis on one word more than anything else, and that's development. We had a, another caller announced on it. I think we had – the most returning players in the whole entire ACC and the third most in the whole entire nation, yet we don't get any production out of any of those returners anymore. We have to rely on freshmen. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah, so, hold on real quick, man. My alarm's about to go off here. Give me a second. Your alarm? What, you just woke up? No, my security alarm. No, my bad. Um, yeah, my wife walked outside the house without sitting alarm. My bad. That's beside another point. But that's what I just want to point out. With Manny Diaz, about development, so besides another point, that was another thing. That's personal stuff. Manny Diaz, he was supposed to be the linebacker's coach. And the biggest indictment in my cues, um, for like a formal accusation that he cannot develop anyone, is Zach McLeod. That guy is – father time on the defense and he's so bad at his position that he had to switch to another position because he never learned how to play a linebacker and that's supposed to be your number one gig as a head coach if you're supposed to be calling defense and my specialty is linebackers there's no way in the world that my linebacker crew is going to be second rated to anybody it's going to be the best second linebacker crew their best to anybody in the nation. The fact that all of our linebackers miss every single assignment, 
every single gap. They can't set the edge. They don't even know where to where, 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 I mean, which which gap the running back is coming at. They take all the worst angles. That's an indictment on one person only that you don't know how to develop anybody. You don't even deserve to be a defensive coordinator in my book. It's like if you can't even do that, I don't know how you got to be the position. It's like you play Madden and you put a Madden playbooks and you don't even know how they work. You don't even know how to put your how to put your linebackers and know exactly which gap to hit if the if the defensive tackle or the defensive end moves away. You know, it's like it's this is this is this is the worst defense I've ever seen. Um and even probably worse as a program is when you look at the whole as everything as a whole. Every single player that returns keeps on getting worse every single year. Navon Donaldson, he was a beast when he first came to the U. He's he's worse every year. DJ Escape, doesn't matter which position you pick. So so my take is this. Yes, I know Manny's gone, and I'm not going to beat that dead horse. But what I think that we need more than anything else is coaches that know how to develop players to play in the NFL. You can say whatever you want to say about Mario. I hope he gets the gig. But if for whatever reason that that train passes, we need to have a coach like how we have with, with Schnellenberger, Johnson, um, Erickson, and Davis. They all wanted to be NFL coaches. Every single one of them. And the coaches that we've been hiring, they don't even sniff the jockstrap of an NFL position coach. And yet we're giving them the keys to the Cadillac, or in this case it was the porch in 2000. Now we downgraded to where it's driving a Hyundai. That's what the University of Miami is. We are now the Hyundais when we used to be the, the, the cream, the, the best of the cars, the Bentleys, you name it. But now we're a Hyundai. We ain't even a, a Chrysler 300. We don't even look like a Phantom. We look like a Hyundai. So I don't know. But that's just me. I'm just kind of mad about it. I was also going to ask one question before. Um, what's, what's it going to take for, I don't know, is it, is it realistic, like, gone that we can't even get Mario? If, if everybody band together and says, you know what, we've been screwed for the last 20 years, you sitting there putting this you on saying this is Miami for the last 20 years, what can we do to get our money back? Because to me, yeah, Mario's a home run, but if we can't get Mario, we need to have NFL staff from top to bottom in every single position group, people that want to go somewhere. That's it. That's all I had to say. All right, man. Well, thank you. Um, thank you, as always, for being part of the show. 319 You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 541. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Jerry. How you doing? It's Eric. What's up, Eric? How you doing? Uh, the last call pretty much hit, hit all what I was going to say, man. Uh, you know, development is the key. Like, we have these players in the program, and they just get worse year after year. doesn't make sense. You know, living out here in Eugene, actually get to see Mario work, you know, it's just, it's like a business atmosphere out here. I mean, these players, they want to get to the next level. And yep. I watch Miami, I just feel like they don't want to get to the next level. They're just happy to be on TV. They're happy to throw on a chain. They're happy to be on social media. Mario, I mean, out here, it's just straight business. 
honestly making me want to trade my Kane stuff in to be a duck just because of Mario. I watch more games. Well, for, the, the for now, you can cheer for both. You can cheer for both for now. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully they'll find some way to get them to come to Miami after the season. You know, and yeah, I was I was kind of worried on, on Mario first, you know, but actually, you know, actually getting to see him, you know, put his, you know, finger, his his fingerprint on Oregon, man, I, I think he would do what we need to be done down in Miami, and. You know, it just it just makes me upset that we have to live in mediocrity while a team in the Pacific Northwest. And I live here. Don't get me wrong. I love the outdoors. But a team in the Pacific Northwest in the top of the country is getting better players than Miami. It just blows yeah. my mind, Gary. It blows my mind, man. But that's all I had. No. You can put me back on hold. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for doing the show. All right, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, obviously, I understand what you're talking about. I understand the level that he would run this program. Um, some people want to argue about it. It's fine. I get it. Like, you know, not not everybody's going to have the same perspective that I have on it. Um, but let me tell you something. There is no comparison, zero, in any way, to what the University of Miami football program looks like today and what it would look like if they're able to get that guy to come here and run it. That's Everything would be different. Everything would be done at a higher level. Uh, would that guarantee wins? Would it guarantee championships? No. Still got to go out on Saturdays and win the games, and winning is hard. Like, they don't win every game out at Oregon. They, you know, there's games where they don't play well, and they're in the same life-and-death battles that Miami's in. Um, but, you know, it's not because the program's not run well. It's because they just happen to get beat, and everybody gets beat. Alabama just got beat. Alabama runs the best program in the country. They just got beat at Texas A&M. I mean, Clemson's been beat a few times this year. I mean, people get beat. Like, every year it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be utopia. But that doesn't mean they can't run their program the right way and give themselves a chance. And right now Miami is not giving itself a chance. Uh, let's go out to the uh, 609. You're live on Kingsport Live. Hey, Gary. Uh, how you doing, Who's man? Uh, this is uh, OmniPoint. What's up, OmniPoint? How you been, man? Uh, I'm good, man. How you been? I haven't called in like a couple of years, probably since we were talking about Lonzo oh, wow. and Mario back then. Yeah. <laughs> but, imagine. Yeah. It's yeah, right? Right, exactly. Too now we're back full circle. They didn't freaking listen. God dang it. Yeah, right? I hear you. Oh, my God. But, so frustrating. Yeah, so here, I, I wanted to call just to, you know, and everybody gives you crap about Mario, you know, and oh, Mario, and, and poke holes in Mario, and that's fine. But, People need to realize, like, when we say Mario is an elite recruiter, he's an elite recruiter for a head coach, and that is very, very rare. Like, you can name those guys on your on one hand, you know? On one hand. Exactly. And bringing a guy like that to Miami has an impact beyond just building your roster. That takes one or two less players from Bama. Same for Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. LSU. Well, think about the, think about the guys like that that have been at Miami and look at the success they had. Think exactly. about Jimmy Johnson. Where, where, where think, do think they end up? Not, now, I'm think, not saying he's going to win every. Davis. Yeah, exactly. He's he's not going to win every battle. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And now I, I know one caller wanted to bring up you know Mark Rick, Bob Stoops, Mac Brown. You know, saying they have top ten classes. Mark not bringing in top ten classes at Miami. He's bringing in top three, four, five classes. Like, let's not get it twisted. That's the level of recruiting you're talking about. But And then the other thing there with Mario is 
Miami's biggest weakness has always been offensive line. We know that. Even to the early 2000s, it's hard to bring those guys in. Well, that's Mario and Mirabal's strength. You couple Mm -hmm. that with our natural recruiting footprint in South Florida, Florida, and the Southeast, which, frankly, we know Mario has ties across the country now. And you're you're talking about building a scary roster, a scary Scary. roster. Frickin' scary. I mean, how anybody can sit here and argue with me or anybody else about it, I mean, take the time to understand what we're saying. It it could be scary. It could be scary. Absolutely. I mean, we would have the best offensive line in the ACC annually. Yeah. Like Clemson like Butch, like Butch is, Dave is, is reeling because like of their Butch line. Dave, Butch Dave is scary. Like, oh, like that's how scary this program could become in three years. Absolutely. absolutely. But then on top of that, you add in the fact that he's got the Rolodex. He's, he's, he knows coordinators, right? We, we hear chatter that, oh, he can't get the coordinators he wants out in Oregon, right? That's not, he he'll be he, able to he get probably guys can. It's hard to get people to go live out there. You're like you're very no, isolated. Absolutely. And 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 um, you know, as far as his negatives, look, I I fully own. Okay, you know, their offense needs to keep evolving. Whether you know we want to say that's on the quarterback, which I think it is, but you know, ultimately that always falls on the head coach, right? I, I'll call it both. They, they ways. don't that's have a quarterback right now that can throw the ball down the field. That's big. They don't. They don't. They don't. And I get that. Yeah. That's on Mario. But so what? What we're pretty much saying is the worst case scenario with Mario at Miami, is that we'll be like Georgia was, if, you know, or, or, or an LSU. And remember, every year it was like, oh, when will LSU get the quarterback, right? Yep. Sign me up for that at Miami based upon what we've had he, the And, he, and by the way, he's got two of them on the roster. He's got two of them on the oh, roster. Oh, absolutely. Or, he's got Ty Thompson. They, they, and, they uh, just happen to be young. Alabama. Yeah, well, yeah. they just happen to be young, and, and he's playing the, other, the older kid that, he, that transferred from Boston College because he feels like that kid gives him a better chance to to win, right, right, right. and and now, and and it's and it's a brutal decision for him because that kid can't get the ball down the field like they need to, and so teams are squeezing the field a little bit on them, and they can't score enough points to get out of these life and death battles. And like anybody absolutely. else, if you if you leave teams in games and you're in the fourth quarter where it could swing either way, you're going to win some and you're going to lose, you're gonna some. lose some, and that's yeah. and that's what they're that's 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 the the Acceptability that they have right now because their quarterback can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, my other thing there with Mario is, you know, I, I see on our message boards a lot of people say, oh, you know, he's not going to come here, right? He's got it so good in Oregon. Yeah, he's got it great in Oregon, but it is hard to recruit up in Oregon. Like, Oregon fans know how remarkable it is that Manny is recruiting at that level. And quite frankly, I don't know even Mario doing as good as he is up there, he'll ever be able to get enough guys to get over the hump and win a national championship. It's uh, really yeah, I hard agree to with get guys up there. I, I agree it with really you. Is. Think about one other thing. If you're recruiting at that place and you have no in-state talent, think about the wear and tear on your on coaching your staff, staff and, and, and what they have to go through in recruiting, how they have to go travel all over the damn place to recruit kids, and how much extra travel and wear and tear that puts on your staff that you're already expecting to work their asses off seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's hard, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And then and so the I other think thing they there, them, I really do. I think they can get them, but they got to go about it the right way and they can't fuck around. Ooh, I, oh, shoot. I, well, okay, we're not on the road. They can't mess yeah. around. Okay? Yeah. They got to drop them and they got to go balls to the wall and put yeah. together a package, not 
yeah. paying Mario a lot of money because that's not what that guy's all about. They need to be willing to make an investment in this program to operate at the top level. I, I think it's going to take ballpark an extra $5 million a year, and they need to do it and be happy to do it and not bust balls about little things like an extra 100 hours of net jet time and things like that and um, give those coaches the tools they need to be successful and then stay out of the goddamn way. I hear you, Gary. If it's a, and here's the thing, though. If it's only going to take an extra $5 million, I mean, I think we'll know how committed – our administration. Five million a year. Five million a year. But I think they'll be. I think they'll be willing to I mean, do it. This is, I, yeah. I think. I, I think mean, this, I mean, this is big business. If your if your athletic budget is already 105 million, and you've got to raise it to 110, what are you talking about? An extra couple percentage points? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and, and, and 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 you're telling me that if the budget's 105, that there's not a few million dollars of waste in there? Of course there yeah. is. Yeah. You know. You know. There's a, there's definitely waste in there, and there's the, you know you could sharpen your pencils and stuff. Let me tell you yeah. something. This is doable. It's time. It's it, it, it's time for this athletic department to be run the right way. Uh, don't feel feel anybody that's out there putting heat on these guys. Don't feel bad about it. They need it. Uh, it it's like what's been going on is sh- should not and has not been acceptable. Absolutely. Hey Gary, one last quick point. For you know, I know a lot of our fellow fans, they want, you know, that don't want Mario, they want an offensive coach, you know, whether it's Kiffin or whoever, Bill O'Brien, whoever. The argument made by the pro offensive coach is that, oh, you know, we'll be able to get a coordinator and get recruits on defense. It doesn't work that way. Lincoln Riley well, Mario is, is the top an offensive dog. coach, by the way. Mario's always been Right, there. I hear you, but, but they're talking like a Lincoln Riley, a Lane Kiffin type, right? Well, Lincoln's the top dog right now, and he's got the top dog program out of these quote-unquote, offensive coaches. I mean, Ryan Day, I guess you could put him in there, but, you know, he inherited from Urban, so it's a little bit of a different story. But Lincoln Riley is having a tough time winning these defensive battles. You know, he just, you know, it looks like he came up second for Kenyatta Jackson to Ohio State, who just committed over there, you know? It's not that easy. You cannot take getting these kids into your program for granted. All right, thanks, Gary. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right. All right, I got, let's see, what time is it? It's 10.37. we got an open board. Uh, I'm going to put out a last call for phone calls, 319-527-6768, 319-527-6768. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. All right, um, I'm going to take a sip of water here because there's a lot of questions. And I am going to um, try to attack all these questions that have been submitted on the message board at canesport.com. Um, Gary, you said that you didn't think Mario would take the USC job and now LSU positions. Um, do I think that there are wise, very wealthy local contacts whispering to Mario's agent to suggest he not do anything till he hears from Miami on their godfather offer? I said he wouldn't take the USC job, and I don't think he would. Uh, I think that would be disrespectful to Phil Knight of Nike that's been such a supporter of him at Oregon. Um, I do think if Miami doesn't come with the plan that it needs to come with and is not willing to make the investment, I do think he would consider the LSU job. But I think that even though the LSU job would unquestionably pay more than what Miami would pay to the head coach, um, 
I don't think that would keep him from coming to Miami. I think if Miami gets serious about this and puts a plan together, and if they don't, shame on them. If they do it, I think that there's a very good chance that they could land him. That's that's my opinion right now. Um, next question, um, who would reach out to people like me and Matt for outside feedback on the program? I don't know about that. Um, you know, we tell it like it is. We we uh, you know, if we see something that's not right, we say it. And you know, I'm sure that's not always applauded over there at, at the Hex Center. I hope I hope we're respected. I think we do know what we're talking about. I hope we come across that way. Um, but the question is that um, wouldn't they be well? Wouldn't they be wise to to listen to people like us when who has their you know to help them run the athletic program? Um, I'm not going to comment on that. I mean, I, you know, I, I think we know what we're talking about. I, I hope we come across that way, uh, but. You know, I'm not going to tell, say that Blake James has to listen to us. I mean, that's his prerogative. Um, I think he would have been much better off listening to us the last few years, I'll tell you that, because it's not going real well. Um, and I think it would be going a lot better if he had just, uh, you know, he had, he had, listen, he made a colossal mistake, okay? He had a chance to correct it. He had every reason to correct it after that first season when you go six and seven and you lose to FIU and Louisiana Tech. And yeah, it would have been expensive at that point to correct the mistake you made. He didn't have the, the, the wisdom to do that. And now you're seeing they're paying for it two years forward. And it's not that Manny's a disaster or anything. You're just seeing that they just, they're losing a lot of close games. And, and that's because they're just not quite good enough and solid enough. And that's the difference. You know, I mean, the ACC is garbage. I mean, there's, you know, the, the best team in the ACC right now is Wake Forest. Are you kidding me? You're telling me Miami can't be Wake Forest? I mean, I mean that's that's not even a conversation. Um, so, but anyway, but he you know he didn't correct the mistake, and now they're paying for it two years later. Which situation is worse, Dolphins or Canes? Oh my God, I would say Dolphins, man, because they loaded up with draft picks to get that franchise straightened out, and then they blew a whole bunch of those draft picks. And why that Chris Greer guy still has an office at that beautiful, oh, my God. I don't know if anybody's seen that thing. They built the most beautiful training complex across from the stadium out there. But why Chris Greer still has an office there is beyond me. That guy has destroyed that franchise for now another five years. I uh, drafted the wrong quarterback. They drafted a cornerback in the first round that can't play. Uh, they've drafted offensive linemen high in the first, second, third rounds that are terrible. Uh, that guy has done a horrendous job. I, I bleed for Steve Ross. He's a great owner. He's got the right things in mind for Miami and the Dolphins. Uh, but the same problem that Miami has, it's about the people. It is about the people. And if you don't have the people in the building, and in this case, he's got a horrible general manager, uh, you're not going anyplace and it's no different than having an athletic director that's, you know, maybe in over his head a little bit and, or, or a head coach that isn't quite good enough for the job he's in and things like that. Uh, if you don't have the people in the right jobs, you're not going anywhere in sports. That's the bottom line. Next question. If I was the athletic director, what changes would I make to the program? Well, number one, 
got to get some football expertise in the building. They have none right now. There's not anybody in that building that has ever experienced success at the highest levels, and that has to change. Um, you can argue back and forth about the athletic director, but you must get an assistant athletic director for football that is a GM of sorts for the football program, an advocate for the football program, that can handle the administrative aspects of the football program so the head coach doesn't have to do it. Um, so I would do that immediately. Um, the next thing I would do is I would make a massive investment in the personnel department in the football program. Um, there, there needs to be considerably more staffing. There needs to be a considerably better plan. There needs to be considerably better evaluation of players. If you look at our State of the U series that we do each summer and you go back and you look at that, it's been going on with these recruiting classes for so many years now. It's like they've been on self-imposed probation. They're blowing 50% of recruiting classes. I mean, it's a total joke. I mean, people talk, oh, Miami had four stars and five stars. How about the, the, the five, ten guys every year that make zero contributions to the program that might as well have never been signed? I mean, that's self-imposed probation. I, I, you're, you know, how do you run a program like that? I don't think Blake James has a clue about what I'm talking about, and that's the problem, and that's why he made the mistakes he made because I don't think he understands his program, and I don't think he understands the problems in his program and what he should be looking for when he hires uh, people. And I like Blake. Again, it's not personal, but uh, when I look at the job he's doing and, 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 and you know he's been athletic director now for almost 10 years and nothing's gotten better, it's because of you know, mistakes and, and, and management. So I absolutely would get more expertise in the building. I would absolutely make a major investment in recruiting and personnel evaluation. I would put together an NFL-level scouting department so that my football program stops making so many mistakes that do nothing but cost you wins and money. Um, I think game preparation and scouting could obviously be much better. The proof's in the pudding. You see the way they're getting undressed in the first half of football games these days. They need more analysts and better analysts. Um, and I think they need better marketing for football and for basketball uh, without question. So that's four things right there that I would do immediately. And I don't even need the job. I don't want the job. Couldn't care less about the job. I, I, I would love to have a, a consulting deal for about a week or two to get all these things in motion and straightened out, I would charge them about a nickel to do it. And uh, man, let's transform this damn athletic department and let's get everybody happy again and, and feeling good about Miami sports because uh, it can be great. And Jim Laranega has proved that it can be done in basketball. And I think he's on the road back to doing it again, not showing any signs of being near retirement to me. They're recruiting very well, running a very good program over there. He's got a great uh, assistant in, in Chris Caputo, who does a phenomenal job supporting Jim. And uh, man, I, I mean, this athletic department could be great. I'm telling you guys, it could be great, but it's about the people, no different than the Dolphins. It's about the people. Um, Next question, as it looks right now, we're not even competitive with teams like Wake Forest, NC State, and Pitt. Well, we'll find out about NC State Saturday. Uh, we'll find out about Pitt a week from Saturday. Um, I mean, is it, do, uh, well, the question is, is it just coaching or the internal structure of those programs are more advanced than ours? Um, I think it's a combination of everything. I mean, you know, people want to want to isolate one thing. 
It's not one thing. It's not just coaching. It's not just development. It's not just recruiting. It's a little bit of everything. Um, and to me, it's inexcusable, like, for Miami to be operating at the level it's operating at. But uh, it's not just one thing. I mean, in some cases, it's player development. I mean, I was looking at the pro football focus player player rankings. How You tell me how the guys who have been in the program the longest have the, just the, the most abysmal grades. And um, talking about Gervin Hall, I mean, whose grading is, is just beyond below average this year. Um, Sam Brooks. You know, he's talking, he's going to transfer or whatever. He's played like crap when he's been on the field. He doesn't have a beef. He doesn't have a complaint that he's not playing. He's been terrible when he's been out there. And plus, he's been hurt a lot. Um, I'm talking about Gilbert Frierson, who's an experienced striker. He's been horrendous this year. Um, Avery Huff, a linebacker that was supposed to have so much promise, they can't even get on the field. Corey Flaggs has been horrendous. Bubba Bolden has been horrendous. Alan Hay Jr., is clearly not ready to play. They can't even play him, and, you know, he's way undersized. To me, I don't understand how in the heck they ever recruited him. Uh, he, You know, um, DJ Ivey has been average as can be. Uh, you know, that's why you see Marcus Clark being elevated on the depth chart. But DJ Ivey is, what, a three-year starter? I mean, how does he get worse? How is he horrendous this year? Like, that's development. That is player development. So, yes, the people that say player development – are not wrong, um, but it's not just player development. It's recruiting. It's, it, it, it's a lot of different things all together. And I could go on and on, you know, to the Jordan Millers of the world and the John Fords of the world and the Bradley Jennings of the world and things like that. But the bottom line is that you have a lot of guys that have been in this program for a few years that are not playing very good football. Uh, there's not a ton of, of high-level talent in the program that is playing good football, um, no matter what anybody wants to believe. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it needs to be better, uh, but I don't think it can be better without a, a total reboot, and that's what they need to do when this football season's over. We'll see what happens there. Um, okay, let me see here. Um, uh, an extension of that question is the next question of what the, the next steps would be for the program. Um I think number one in a row right now, which I think is what they're doing. I wrote about it this morning. Um, what are the budgets going to be? Who's going to make the decisions? How are you going to proceed? Um, if a change is going to be made, you have to hit the ground running. You're seeing what's going on. And, you know, the timeline has been moved up. I mean, these schools like USC and LSU doing all this in, in October, I mean, mid-October. I mean, whoever's like, you know, who sees this? Like mid-October – they're whacking the head coaches and starting coaching searches. I mean, that's a, those, that's game changers, man, because you're competing with those schools for the same guys. I mean, Mario Cristobal, we'll just talk about him since we talk about him so much. He's on, he's at the top of the search at both those schools. So you got to be working right now. I think they are. That's what I wrote about this morning. Um, I think uh, part of that is that you got to make a call soon, if you haven't already, to Mario's agent and see if he's willing to be a candidate. And if yes, what would he need to have in place to, to consider the job? Because you're not going to call, you're not going to be able to call Mario. Mario's not having any conversations with anybody. 
that's not, that's not what guys like that do. You know, you're going to have to go through his intermediaries and, and they will have the information that they need to lay out to the University of Miami what needs to be done and what it would take for Mario to consider the job. And then they have decisions to make. Um, and then uh, depending on what answer you get there, I think you got to know, you got to start figuring out what your other options are and start getting advice on that. So uh, I would think that's what they're doing right now, quite frankly, and they should be doing all those things. Um, so uh, that answers that question, right? Next one, uh, look at the last four classes that Cincinnati has signed compared to Miami. They're all in the 40s plus. They rank in the top five now. This is a clear indictment of the coaching and developing problem that we have at Miami and have had for years. No argument. I'll take that one as a statement. Um, you know, however, Cincinnati's got to get through the rest of the season, and we'll see. They, you know, and they, you know, I haven't looked at their schedule, but um, I don't think that the schedule they're playing um, can compare to most of these Power Five programs that are also high up in the rankings. Um, but like I said, I'll, I haven't looked at their schedule, and I'm not going to take the time to do it right now. But, yes, they clearly are doing a good job. And the other thing I'll tell you about Cincinnati that people don't really know, they do most of their recruiting in um, the city pockets up in that area of the country. And they get some freaking hard-nosed, tough, tough kids, man. Like, like the, the kids that go play football at Cincinnati are tough, competitive, hungry, um, you know, take your head off kind of kids. And that has a lot to do with why that program's successful. It, it, you know, yeah, they might be getting three stars instead of four stars, but they're getting three stars that are going to play hard as hell every week that are hungry, that want to be four stars and want to play in the NFL and things like that. And they play hard as hell. I don't know if you've watched Cincinnati very much. That team plays very hard, very consistently. And that's why they're successful because now they're also well coached. Um, when does basketball start and what are your predictions? Uh, well, I think they have an exhibition tomorrow night. Um, my prediction is that they'll be like a top, they'll be in the, like top six or seven of the ACC. I, I love the moves they made in the off season. They're one player short. They, they tried to get an elite center to come and they fell just short and they're one player short. They're one big man short of being right at the top of the ACC and uh, that's going to cost them when they when they play a couple of the better teams. You know, like you know when when they play, um, you know the Carolinas of the world that, that have those type of players. And um, I'm trying to think who 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 else is is ranked at the uh, at the top of the ACC. Um, actually, I have it here. Um, Duke, Duke, you know, Duke, Florida State, Carolina. When they play those three teams, I think I think you know it's going to be hard for them. They might be one player short, but everybody else in the ACC, I absolutely think that they can c- compete with and, and win their share of the games. I think they'll be a top six or seven team in the ACC this year. Um, next question: Any thoughts on why Alonzo has been so vocal the past couple of weeks about what Miami needs? He's going on podcasts, including our show tomorrow night with Lamar Thomas. Uh, he's tweeting a lot. Surely he has other things that he could be doing, right? Um, well, let me think about how to put this for a second here. Um, Alonzo 
very passionately wants to be at Miami. He, like everybody else, is tired of watching what's been going on. And Alonzo knows that he can make a difference. And um, I know Alonzo well. I've listened to him. We're going to listen to him tomorrow night publicly on the Lamar Thomas show. You're going to hear it for yourself. And, like, I understand what, how he would make an impact, and I understand what he would do. And it's captivating, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, he's been in the NFL now for 20-something years. He understands what good organizations are supposed to look like. I think he's got a lot to offer Miami, and I think he wants to stay on the radar. And I think he's keeping himself visible with all these changes that are about to take place because there's nothing that Alonzo Highsmith would love more than to get a phone call. Hey, we want you to come to Miami, whether, you know, it's to be a GM of football and assistant athletic director. I mean, obviously if somebody wanted to make him athletic director, he would do that too. But, uh, you know, the point is he wants to be in the building and he wants to come help make a difference. And I think he's, you know, just keeping his name out there, which is a good move by him. Uh, he's not saying anything too crazy. Uh, Washington State has two of Mario's assistants on the list that had coaching candidates. Did that impact Mario's thinking about coming home? Uh, no relevance there whatsoever. Mario is used to his coaches getting better jobs, and he's used to replacing them on an annual basis. Um, you know, his, his last offensive coordinator uh, got a head coaching job. His defensive coordinator got a head coaching job. Uh, so a couple more getting head coaching jobs or being candidates, I don't think is going to rattle him in the least. Next one, was the plan even before the heat on Manny to have such a small recruiting class at this point, or is this basically from the product on the field and turnovers? Um, Yeah, they were going to have a small recruiting class regardless. Uh, I don't think this one was going to be big. I think this one's probably going to be, is getting smaller than what's planned. And I, and I, I, I think all this will be reconciled before signing day in December. Um, don't load, don't continue to load, load up the, the roster with players that can't play here. You know, stop reaching. Uh, you know, I was very complimentary of what they were doing early on in recruiting. I liked it a lot. Um, they were shooting higher than they'd ever really shot before. They were, they were trying to go after top kids. Well, they're not getting them. You know, they're, they're, they're not recruiting is really no place right now. Uh, their life and death to hold on to what they have and what they have is very average, quite frankly. Uh, you know, um, the next question is, does the administration not consider saving the recruiting class a top priority as its reason for not firing many yet? Like to me, that's irrelevant, man. Like this recruiting class right now is not in a great place. Those are not elite players on the board. Um, more than likely, um, you know, there, 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 there's a couple okay players, but it's certainly nothing to stress over, trust me. And, um, you know, I just hope that their strategy, uh, and I know, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them right now. They want to show progress in recruiting. They're starting to offer kids, uh, new kids and things like that. And, you know, they'll probably start getting some commitments for some of these kids because they're not being recruited by a lot of big schools. I mean, we're writing about them on Kane Sport. Those of you that are subscribers to our website, you're seeing the stories. Uh, there's some players coming into the picture that aren't being recruited by a lot of 
big time programs. And, you know, yeah, you can find a diamond in the rough sometimes that's that, you know, that can be a positive, uh, no argument, but you know, if, if you're recruiting a kid from say Georgia and Georgia and Georgia tech aren't recruiting him, or a kid from, uh, Alabama and Alabama and Auburn aren't recruiting him, um, you know, I'd be taking a real, real, real hard look at that. Um, there was the, uh, like the receiver, look, look at the receiver that came from Alabama um, that totally flamed out here, and the defensive back that came from Alabama that totally flamed out here. They weren't recruited by those schools. And you know, if you're open-minded and you see that you're the mistakes that you've made in the past, uh, that you could sit there and say, "Oh well, Alabama and Auburn aren't recruiting them, but we're taking them. You know, we're smarter than they are." Probably not. You're probably not smarter than they are. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you keep loading up recruiting classes with players like this that, don't, that can't play, you're killing the program, absolutely killing the program, because it, it literally is like being on self-imposed probation. Um, so, anyway. Um, all right, well, we're, we're out of time. I hope, I, didn't, I hope we didn't get any calls while I was ranting and raving on all these um, – um, on all these items. I don't think, I don't think we did. Um, so that's going to do it for tonight. I thank everybody for joining us on uh, King sport live. Great show. Um, other than one or two callers that were a little out of control. And I hope they understand that they were out of control and aren't running around with all kinds of anger or whatever. Like you, you just can't come on a show and say some of those things that, that you're saying. Uh, I'm speaking directly about the scooter DuPont guy. I mean, that was uh, totally unacceptable. Um, we, we, you know, we don't have that problem on this show. We have good fans and great opinions, and you're seeing the knowledge of Miami fans on this show. Um, if that's your contribution, please don't call in. Uh, you know, we, everybody would 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 appreciate it. You know, we're 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 always pressed in three hours to get everybody in, so we really don't need nonsense calls. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday night, hopefully with. Uh, some of these technical issues uh, totally worked out, but at least we made it through pretty well after the first few minutes and a reasonable number of people found us at the new phone number and things like that. So all's well. And uh, we'll see what happens Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. So I'll see you at the stadium. We'll be back here next Tuesday night. Don't forget to listen to the Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. It's going to be a good one. Good night, everybody.